Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Five four time. There you go. Oh five, yeah, four. five four time, man. Let's do it. Well, hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? Me, it's I hard, do. It's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your couch. True. But there was something truly special about heading to Blockbuster, picking out a movie by hand, and taking it with you to watch with the kids you're babysitting with for the night. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte. Joining me, as always, two dudes who have cars, but no sense of humor. Sean Pryor, AJ Vens, how the heck are you? Pretty good, man. Well, I lost it. Because I was driving too fast. I lost out the window. My oh, sense of humor. Because speed kills? Uh, speed kills. Speed yeah. kills. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking roasted. Jesus. Killed it. Well, boys, on today's episode, we discuss one of the most successful independent films of all time, a movie largely responsible for the popularization of slasher films in the 1980s, which helped develop the slasher genre and popularize many horror movie tropes that we know and love today. The final movie of our spooky season roster. Thank God. We're, of course, talking about 1978's John Carpenter's Halloween. You bet. Well, damn, damn Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another nostalgic journey to the past with the Confused Breakfast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you are in the world. Take it away, boys. Well, you if you are new to the Confused Breakfast podcast, we're going to be reviewing Halloween scene by scene with a modern eye. It's going to be filled with laughs and scares and joy and cry. But in order to do that properly, we have to go back in time, talk about it with pure nostalgia. The first time we saw it. AJ, tell us about the first time you saw this movie, what your thoughts were as a kid, yeah. what, your, what your initial rating was as a kid. Yeah, as a kid, like what the young age that you were when the you saw it. The young this. age that I was of 34 years old. <laughs> wow. And I tell you, I'll take you way back, guys, sitting in my chair that's in my house that I own now as four an days adult ago. four days ago. <laughs> guys, I have never seen this movie before. Uh, it's going to be an N.A. for me. Special, man. I'm, I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. Just want to let you know, for those keeping track at home, that brings AJ to a tie with Sean for 14 movies you both have not seen. 14, Dang, huh? 14 apiece. I'm at 20. 
I feel uh, ashamed about that. I feel the same rage as a 14-year-old would. Yeah. So, goodness. Yeah. Well, Sean, I know you've seen this movie because you're wearing the t-shirt. <laughs> what do you have to say about it? Usually with these movies, it's like, oh, yeah, I was consuming all these directors at the time. And I was just super into horror at the time, and I, uh, I just happened to watch this movie because you have to, you know. My mom showed me this when I was like maybe six or seven. So the same age as Michael Myers. Something like that. Killed, she, yeah. she thought I yep. could handle it, and uh, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I could see where she was coming from for sure. But uh, no, I, my, my fragile little mind just could not take this. Even just seeing the mask, like especially him in broad daylight, really fucked with me. And uh, I didn't finish it. And I told her to take the VHS and burn it <laughs> or throw it away. Like legitimately. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even want to see the cover, this nope. cover. I, nope. I, I wow. couldn't see it. It scared me so much. So back then I, you know what? I have to say two. get it out of here. It explains a lot about Sean and with yeah. a modern eye. When we, when we learn these things about him for me, I, I never liked scary movies. I avoided them. I definitely never saw this at a young age, but I found there was a moment in my life where I found like a renewed love for Halloween. Mm -hmm. You know, like you get to that like just the mid, season or yeah, like movie? the season, the season you get to the mid twenties and you're like, oh, the nostalgia of my youth. And you, you kind of fall back in love with the idea of Halloween, Halloween. And I knew that I had to start jumping into horror movies. I had to see, I just see what it was like, like, let's do this. And so naturally I went with. Halloween as like the first movie I watched because it was called Halloween. Yeah. And I, it brought an absolute new found love of scary movies for me. Like I loved this movie the first time I saw it at maybe 25, 26. And I've watched it every single year as a Halloween tradition since. So I'm going to call it an 8.7 for me. Nice. As wow. a nostalgic rating. Uh, we got executive producer Bud MF and Larson Let's on the show the today. Man. He says, I believe the first time I saw Halloween was at a Halloween party in elementary school, probably Perfect. in fifth or sixth grade. I would have been 10 or 11 years old. I remember this was uh, that this movie was first and then A Nightmare on Elm Street. Halloween scared the shit out of me. Then followed up with Freddy. It put me over the fucking edge. <laughs> That's bad. Man. Yeah. I remember staying up as late as I could because I didn't want to fall asleep and have nightmares. From then on, I couldn't get enough of the 70s, 80s, 90s horror films. So he's a nine. Basically being like scared the shit out of me, but I loved it. Okay. You were like scared the shit out of me, but I hate get it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. So, nostalgically, with Sean's low rating and our highs, that's a 6.57. Not very great, fellas. That's going to be number 83 on the list of movies we've done. Right below Harry and the Hendersons, right above Speed. It's <laughs> barely even a movie, man. Wow. That's <laughs> how we feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons creeped me out, too, I will say. Let's it, be real. It did. Well, next up, we got to learn all the pertinent, important details of this movie so we can strip away that nostalgia. Talk about it with a modern eye. Sean, you're up next. Produced by Mustafa Akkad, Erwin Yablons, John Carpenter, and Deborah Motherfucking Hill. Mm. Written by John Carpenter and Deborah Motherfucking Hill. Mm. Cinematography for the ninth time. You, you, you guys. added it up? Yes. I added it up too. Dean Cundy. Is Nine back. times for Deanie. He will be back once again for his tenth. I know he will. He'll be, I mean, let's just say at this point, he's the champ of the podcast yep. for cinematographers. The, the master of Cundalingus. Yeah. He, Here he, is. he lit our nostalgia. Let's just say yeah. that. We are lit about it. Yep. Music by John Carpenter, directed by John Carpenter. Cast, Donald Pleasance, Nancy Keys, PJ Souls, Charles Cyphers, Kyle Richards, Brian Andrews, John Michael Graham, Nancy Stevens, Nick Castle, and, the, and Academy Award winner, Jamie Lee Curtis. Hey. 
Producer Erwin Yablons wanted to make a horror film. Thinking of ideas, he came up with a simple plot of babysitters who are stalked by a killer on Halloween. With that simple idea, the producer went looking for his director, and after watching the film Assault on Precinct 13, which we will cover, (laughs) Yablons contracted uh, John Carpenter. Carpenter was interested and said he would do it if he had final cut, got his name above the title. Carpenter also said he would do the music, he would write, he would shoot in four weeks, and could get all of that done for $300,000. Yablon said if you can get that film for, the, if you can get the film done in four weeks for $300,000, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> I want my name on it. Yeah, that's all you get. Carpenter and writing partner Deborah Hill got to writing the script, and with Hill being from a small town, Haddonfield, New Jersey, that is where the oh. film would be set, only slightly changing it to the Midwest. Hill wrote most of the stuff pertaining to the high school girls in the film as she, too, was a babysitter in a small town, and Carpenter wrote most of the stuff pertaining to evil. No record of him being evil or anything like that. For the role of Laurie, Carpenter first wanted actress Annie Lockhart, but turned down the role. Deborah Hill saw the audition for newcomer Jamie Lee Curtis and said that she was perfect for the role. Not only was she the best acting choice for the role, but they could market the fact that the daughter of Psycho star Janet Lee would be debuting in the new horror film Halloween. Again, the genius of Deborah Hill. The first choice for Sam Loomis was horror icon Peter Cushing, and second was another horror icon who worked together a lot, Christopher Lee. They both turned it down. They offered the role and $20,000 to Donald Pleasance, whose daughter really liked the music in Assault on Precinct 13. Principal photography began in May of 1978 and shot in Pasadena, California, and was, according to the cast and crew, very fun, and the uh, camaraderie was very high. Cast members, even Donald Pleasance, were so into the film that they would help carry equipment from location to location or load film into the cameras and even collecting the leaves, which were brought in, of <laughs> course, in, not in the natural climate to California. A very cheap film also leads to a very simple problem solving, like having a, a scary mask. Production designer slash editor slash anything else found, it, <laughs> found a few masks. Tommy Lee Wallace. Uh, one was a clown mask, and the other was a William Shatner mask. After tweaking the eyes and removing some sideburns, the most iconic mask was born. Carpenter said he, he just in the script, when he wrote down like what the shape is, what they call him, would look like uh, just in script form, he just said just a blank, pale, emotionless face. And uh, he doesn't know why he did that. He, he thinks maybe subconsciously it was from uh, Eyes Without a Face movie, which is a French movie back in the day. It's really fucking solid, actually. Uh, so he thinks that's where it came from, which is kind of like mm-hmm. a blank face on this woman. Uh, Halloween was released 45 years ago today, October 25th, and on a budget of $320,000, the film made $70 million at the box office, making it the highest-grossing independent film until The Blair Witch Project. Oh. It has spawned an entire franchise of sequels and remakes and has cemented itself as one of the greatest, or maybe the greatest, horror film of all time. Well, thanks, Sean. Up next, we got to go to AJ, who does the research for us, gives us the ratings, reviews from critics and fans alike. What do you got on this one? There isn't a lot of blood in this movie, but certainly a lot of blood of tomatoes. From the tomato oh, wow. meter. You guys didn't. Gross. I didn't know where he was going to go with that one. I, I, well, 96% <laughs> certified fresh. It's 96%. 96%. Of all the movies we've done is tied with Goodfellas, The Fugitive, American Graffiti, noted right above Evil Dead at 95%. 
We always have to point out Evil Dead at 95%. We got to make sure we point that out. It's a good uh, movie. Thank God this one beat that one out. 89% from the audiences, and uh, this is going to come in pretty hot and heavy, much like a lot of these scenes in this movie. 7.7 7 on IMDb. It doesn't sound like a wow. lot, but 7.7 7 is huge. That is tied with The Princess Bride, Blazing Saddles, Airplane, and a little film called Boondock Saints. Wow. <laughs> Are you kidding me? As much as we have to mention <laughs> Evil Dead, we also have yes, to give it's very equal. equal credit to Boondock Saints it's on still, IMDb. It still haunts us somehow. It still haunts day. us. It's Every just like you're Michael just like, Myers. We <laughs> kind of want to go back to the critics and be like, you guys sure about that? Yeah. You sure about that? You sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that's why? Yeah. Let's let's roll through some hundreds here uh, because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of one out of ones. They really felt like this deserved everything that it could get. Okay. Okay, I have a question for you though. Okay. Instead of like you know a thousand out of a thousand, yeah. a million out of a million, can you do like three hundred forty seven out of three hundred forty seven? Like, yeah, is that is can we do that? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Maths. Yeah. It does. Okay. Yeah. So I give this two hundred ninety six out of four hundred seventeen. Yeah. This one. <laughs> <laughs> I have what? no idea what you think about this movie, then. Well, the, the AV Club, those nerds, gave this 3.14 out of 3.14. Uh, <laughs> a remarkable film that towers over the endless clones that followed. That was Keith Phipps. Uh, 100 out of 100. Uh, 101 out of 101. Empire said Halloween remains... Uh, about as distilled, raw an experience in terror as is ever likely to be committed to celluloid. New York Times was in a full agreement, but decided to outdo them just a little bit more. They were 100, 102 out of 102. Uh, <laughs> Price is right rules. Uh, from the first shot to the last shot, this movie is confidently guided by a specific and committed vision. Washington Post decided to give this uh, one out of thirty-seven. Wow, I know. <laughs> it's like, so, in like your rationale, wait, too, like, now I don't understand. <laughs> it's like, well, out of three hundred forty-seven, I give this a ten. Like now, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it doesn't fun. matter, guys. It doesn't. It matter. doesn't matter. It's just the Washington Post didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Ar Arnold had this to say. Halloween is a stab at a derivative minor classic. Oh, It's apparent where Carpenter got his horror devices and a minor misfortune that he hasn't been able to synthesize them in a fresh or exciting way. Is he talking about like by Christmas, you think? It could like be. The first uh, I read a decent amount of, of that whole review. Most of it was just, you know, just telling you what the, what the movie is. Um, but Really, he just he just the whole the whole movie, uh, he just feels like, oh, yeah, I mean, we've we've seen this all before. It's like, have you, though? I don't really because think that this was a pretty current. This was like yes. a very recent, uh, like 1978 review of this movie mm. um, was from the Washington Post. So I wanted to go back a little bit. I wanted to try and pull from like, you know, back in the day and see if there was anything worthwhile from the current day. Probably not. This person says it's a great. It's a great horror classic, said Ryank. Ryank. Halloween is one of the best horror movies ever. A great movie but destroyed the by sequels. The first two are the only ones worth watching. But I think the new sequel, Halloween H2O, will be uh, will be a lot better than the rest. Was it? <laughs> a and lot I better can't... than the rest? No, it's one of the better ones. <laughs> okay, good. And I can't wait to see Jamie Lee Curtis again. 
Great. All right, that was back in 2001. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if you want to see her again, you can do Christmas with the Cranks. There you go. Yeah, Christmas the Cranks, great holiday classic. Great holiday classic, because we're I moving can't, on, really, I can't wait to. I can't wait to cover it this Christmas. Yeah! Guys, we're, we got a little... Spoiler alert, coming at you. We're doing two Cranks. Christmas movies every week, <laughs> just to spite you guys for breaking the rules. Okay. <laughs> wait, what rule do we break? Oh, we'll get there. Uh, this is, uh, 19, this is 1998. Basically when IMDb was born, um, this is a great movie said Todd five. Uh, by this time there's already five, four other six, uh, well, five other Todd's got it from John five. Yep. Halloween is a really good movie. It has great music throughout the entire film. Any real horror fan must see this. Halloween is a masterpiece. The original slasher horror. That's it. I mean, that's really what I want out of my reviews. Yes. I mean, yeah. Tell me that you liked it, why you liked it, move on. Here's a couple more like that. Tell me why you didn't like it, why you didn't like it. Bye. See ya. Scream 7 said the greatest movie ever. After watching Scream, I became interested in slasher films. I watched this one. uh, I watched this one when my town was snowed in, and man, it was scary. I nice. wasn't allowed to change my username because I saw Scream first, yep, or else I it would have been Halloween. Seven. I saw I Scream Seven. Check out my other my other profile, my backup profile, Halloween ninety two. But the uh, E in Scream is a three. Yeah. Uh, you know it is. It's like searchable online. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, and last, uh, let's see. Ten out of ten. Uh, Rusty thirty one. I love these. <laughs> Why? Like, 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 a lineup of numbers. I just, <laughs> like, I just love that there wasn't any creativity when this came out. They were just like, there's a place we can review movies. I got to get on there so I can get my username. No, so they go, Shit, there's 30 other Rusty. Rusty. Well, then I'm Rusty. Tell us anything else. Like, what's yeah. your favorite movie character? How like, old are you? Rusty Myers. Like, wouldn't that be fun? Rusty can, Trombone. Like, 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 do a lot of fun shit. Just, just do like Bender plus, plus Claire 69. Can't like, see the line, can you, Russ? Yeah, you whatever. <laughs> just do like confused breakfast forty nine at <laughs> checkout. Or how something. about how about that? <laughs> <laughs> this movie is the absolute best horror movie ever made. It has a good plot and great operation method by the killer. A great suspense. There's a lot of stars on there. Um, I'm going to give you guys one last one. This one just says um, there's no rating for it. It just says uh, okay. <laughs> I just know. I know where this is going. Maybe uh, this is by Theater Buff. Uh, I think it's a really. That's like somebody who's like, like really strong. <laughs> He's the strong man in their theater group. Chippendales. Yeah. Uh, if I ever had to pause the tape to take a breather, it was because I was laughing too hard. Okay. Suspense. Oh please. Oh no. Jamie Lee Curtis is stuck in the closet and he's breaking dead the door down. What's going to happen? Gee, I'm not sure, but I think she just might live, considering she's in the sequel. That's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> Did you does it ever occur to you that this is just a movie and the actors are playing characters? <laughs> this is bullshit. The sequel fucking spoiled this one for me. <laughs> The fact that there's any more of these, the fact, the, that Jamie, spoiled the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis is in any other movie tells you that she's going to make yeah, it at the wait, end. Wait, she wasn't real? That's not fair! <laughs> Fucking hate people. First, first line, the first line of like the, the back of that VHS is, Jamie Lee Curtis is back. It's like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> she survived! Well, shit! 
<laughs> I can't watch this the original now. Considering she's in the sequel. Uh, maybe the suspense is ruined for me since I know of the sequels. There you go. Uh, but I don't really think so. I will it. <laughs> I will admit that it does have the coolest slash creepiest theme song and scariest looking villain. Okay. Although the scream guy is pretty creepy too. Yeah. Quick little tidbit here. When my cat is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he's sick. Helping me keep tabs on Sergeant Meowenstein's health is just one reason that I switched to Pretty Litter, and I'm so happy I did. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell in my basement. And if you have a cat, you know that the litter smell is the absolute worst part about having a cat. Everything else about a cat makes it the greatest animal of all time to have in your house, except for the litter smell. I've tried three different kinds of kitty litter, all promising they would eliminate odors, but... Pretty Litter is the first one that I actually tried that actually delivered on that promise. With the previous stuff I used, I couldn't believe how much dust would be everywhere in his little cat room. And like, I'm thinking that basically means that I'm breathing that all in too. That's nasty. And thankfully, Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. It's noticeable right away. You put the crystals in, they last up to a month, which means less scooping, fewer trips to the garbage can. But here's where you actually need to listen up if you have a cat. Pretty Litter changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in your cat. That includes urinary tract infections and kidney issues. This is huge. So Sergeant Mountainstein had two different uh, major health scares for me mm. where we just didn't know it until it was too late. It caused our household a ton of stress, a ton of money. I honestly believe that if we would have had pretty litter back then, we could have detected it earlier, saved the headache and the trips to the emergency vet at one in the morning, which cost a fuck ton of money. And pretty litter ships free right to my door in a small lightweight bag. I never run out of it and I don't have a huge container of litter taking up space, stinking up my house. You and your cat are going to love pretty litter as much as I do, as much as Sean and AJ do, go to prettylitter.com slash confused. Use code confused to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash confused. Code confused, and you're going to save 20%, and you and your cat are going to love it so much. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah. Well, boys, before we start today's scene-by-scene breakdown, I think I would like to say something. Okay. Black cats and goblins and broomsticks and ghosts. Pumpkins of witches are there to roast. You may think that they scare me. You're probably right. Black cats and goblins on Halloween night. Uh, Trick or treat. Here we go. So scene one, on Halloween night, 1963, six-year-old Michael Myers brutally stabs his teenage sister Judith to death. 15 years later, Michael's psychiatrist, Dr. Sam Loomis, and nurse Marion Chambers drive to Smith Grove Sanitarium to escort Michael to court for a hearing. They're ambushed by Michael Myers, and he steals their car. The next day, while Dr. Loomis tries to warn others, Michael arrives in Haddonfield and begins to stalk a teenager named Lori Strode, who notices him outside the window of her classroom. Guys, before we do anything, yep. I do want to make a statement. I believe with all of my heart that this is the best horror theme song of all time. I think it's the best score in general of all time. And, and how is, is it? Does it say something about sim- simplicity? Because this is literally the most simple fucking like raw 
in, this is like the indie band version of like of like a, a score. Yeah. You right. know, like it's like he's just like in his basement, like experimenting with microphones and weird shit. Like everything about it, the syncopated piano thing, then the dark low end chords come in yeah. and the strings rise and the even the little stingers throughout the diddly yeah. on the window. I don't know what it is. And I think this is maybe one of the reasons I fell in love with this movie. Yeah, man. It's it I think you're right. It is the simplicity for me. And like the the whole movie, the whole plot is just so fucking simple. Mm-hmm. And yeah. but executed to the nth degree, like this score. And he just John Carpenter, like he said he got uh, some like bongos or some toms from his dad, because his dad was a musician, and uh, taught him just uh, five four time on those. And he's like bum 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 like just that's it. He's like, yeah. that's really it. And I, and I just chose a key on the piano if there's anything about john carpenter that i know that i like always draws me back to him right um it's it's a lot i think i'm more infatuated with more of his sound design and sound and like music and and compositions than i really am more often than just like his movie in general i know that i know for a fact that he showed like kind of a precursor to like one of the producers or something um or, or who was the original uh, Mustafa Akkad? Mustafa Akkad. Yeah, like he showed it to him and or somebody, and they were not scared by this because there was yeah. no music in it, and they were like, "Just wait, just wait." I'm not, I'm not scared by this. And then he came back around after making this uh, co- composition and composing the music and adding in the sounds and yep. some of these the the music to it, and completely changed what this movie was. So I think it's, I think it's certainly a testament to more honestly like his his ability to multitask in this realm not just as a director but as a producer sound all that and i think and going back to the simplicity of it you mentioned in the beginning mike the simplicity of it i feel like must come from the fact that he has enough to do that he can't overthink this yeah mm. and i think that that adds a lot to it by making it nice and simple and i'll kind of talk about that going through this movie is a lot of the simplicity of this movie and uh and how i think it must stem from him having so much going on that he needs to have things done and then simplified and move on. Don't overthink it. Just Don't overthink do it, it. Make it good. Move on. Move on. Kiss. And get done with it. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, yeah. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I do think that you're right. It, the movie doesn't work without this score yeah. at all. Well, I, well like, then, wait on that on that thought. If you take away this score and then you change the name of it to what was it going to be? The babysitter, babysitter murders, babysitter or murders. or if you just called it Michael Myers, I don't know if this movie is what it is today. Because first yeah. of all, I don't think anyone sees it. And then if you watch that, um, uh, the movies that made us mm-hmm. on Netflix, there's a there's an episode about this. Have you seen that before? Oh, I, I haven't seen that one oh, yet. Oh, it's fucking awesome! It, it the, first of all, that whole series is great. Yeah, the way they they give you information about a film, but they talk about how the reason the changing of this name to Halloween made it a reoccurring film. Yeah, every year because the first year it did okay, but then the second year it did even better, and it came back around, and people wanted to see it again. It's like, I think you take the music and the title away from this movie, and I don't think it is what it is today. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Erwin Ir- Yablons who was like, who was looking for a different title other than The Babysitter Murders, and was just like, what were those titles? You know, April Fool's Day was well, after, yeah. all this was after this, yep. but like, there's no, there's not like, we can't get Halloween in a movie, like it's Halloween something, or whatever. He's like, there's, no, there's no other movie that's been made that's just called Halloween is like well we have to do it well, let's do it you know? yeah it's great I mean like this uh this whole 
intro sequence of of the POV camera and uh, the Panaglide vision of what they use here is completely like it's the killer POV. It's like you know the the mask. It's everyone does this now completely. But after. no one had done this before. Not at all. You know, I mean, like, but it's it's such a like economic way to do this in such a smart way to do it and get you like into the mind of this killer who you think, you know, first watching this movie, you might go, Oh, this is a guy doing this, you know, grown man Mm -hmm. or something. But, uh, technically even just the way they did it was crazy. We're just, they, they did this, did this all in one take. Like you can tell that there's cuts here and there, especially when he puts on the mask, like there's a cut there. Mm. And then like at, after he gets done stabbing his sister, they go down the stairs and he uh, like takes off the mask or no, he, uh, when he gets on the street, he just like turns, turns towards the staircase and you can tell it's like a, a cut black right there. But, um, it took like a f- whole film roll to do this every, they, every time to correct me if I'm wrong, that Panaglide cartridge, because of how immovable it was, couldn't hold that much film. Right. Right. So they, they said, I read somewhere, I think it was on this, that it could only hold like four minutes and 26 seconds of film. Yeah. So, and that whole scene's like, four minutes and 30 yeah. minutes a seconds long and like that's amazing that they had to come up with on the fly that fucking cut shot of the mask going on yeah i mean it's it's brilliant like because you know they're not gonna you know try and be like okay let's put the mask on in real time it's like no you're gonna cut and then yeah have put whatever filter you have over that it's just so smart but i also like i i feel bad for michael's sister too just because like her and her boyfriend like it, they go upstairs and everything and dude's I, uh, if they fucked, it was not a good time for her. <laughs> it was not a good Can time. Can we please talk I, about this? I talk? timed it. I timed it. And this is generous for him. Yeah. I, it was exactly one minute, but I timed it where he, they got upstairs. So I just like, you know, or like he turned the lights on. I'm yeah. We're okay, right there. In yes. the bedroom. I, I started it and then I stopped it when he like is on the staircase. So I, I was, I gave him a little bit of a grace period. How, how long he, he was came it? within maybe forty five seconds. You still got to get clothes off because there are <laughs> yeah, clothes. Judy's clothes are on the floor. You still have to take clothes off. You still have to at least like, like hug and embrace and then fall onto the bed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, it's facing. I mean, he was already hard. They they had yeah. I mean, if he, he fe- probably if, came in his pants on the couch. If he fell on her at that point, then she got stabbed more than what they reported. But at this point, I, th- I think she was only half nude. That, that, that could have done it. For I'm him. saying. And so, so I think that I think that, yeah, you know what? They got kind of the good foreplay out on the couch. Yeah, and whatnot. So That's ready. all good. I just hope I just pray to God that, you know, he didn't do the whole like through the underwear trick. The and like just to try, job. yeah, just like oh, like well, the the hole in the underwear, you just kind of pull that out, to the side, <laughs> he, and he then he, he had his shirt off. He had his shirt off, <laughs> but couldn't get the pants all the way down. She was a trooper through this whole guys, thing. Hold on a second, though. I as much as I do want to make fun of him, I have two things to point out. Number one, he fucking he saved his life by be by oh by, true. You know what? He was he was three seconds away from being murdered. It's true. Yeah. By the time Michael came through the kitchen, he was kind of like, oh shit, he's already done. Fuck. Okay, her old boyfriend used to last longer than that, but whatever. And then he left the yeah. house, so he saved his life. For, what happened to him? He yeah. he had to have like saw this in the news the next day and be like, "Oh my god, I dodged a knife." Dude. <laughs> yeah, but secondly, Judith Myers has the best tits I've ever seen in a movie <laughs> in my entire life, <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy. 
But I've thought that since the day I saw this movie, that that is not a 16-year-old girl. No. Uh, I mean, isn't there. she like a model or something? She was a Playboy playmate. Her name was Sandy Johnson. Not, I didn't look it up or anything. Nice. Like <laughs> she, she, so I do not feel bad for him because like I probably would have been the same way. Yeah. If that was the 16-year-old I was dating, it would have been, I would have just looked at her. Yeah. I know. It, she would have like, taken her shirt off and went, <laughs> it would have been an American pie yes, that's exactly uh, right. on a train to Blue Balls for Sean, like that kind of a situation <laughs> that you're just like, you're like, ouch, ouch. <laughs> I am sorry, I have to go. Let's be honest, that's probably more reasonable what happened. She's like, well, will you like call me tomorrow? I was like, I don't know if I can. I actually don't know if I could ever <laughs> go through this again. I, I'm embarrassed right now. I, I like this is tough. Like the friction of my jeans ruined this. <laughs> Because I don't know if I can. I saw my mom you. does my laundry, and I don't know what we're gonna. Say, <laughs> I don't know, know, how, to find in I don't know how to explain this. Like, <laughs> how am I supposed? To, we didn't. We didn't go to an oyster bar tonight. Like this is. <laughs> what? The Hadfield Oyster Social Club. <laughs> we didn't. They weren't open tonight. They weren't open. They're closer like to their annual Halloween club. party. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, did you go swimming at these? What's going on? <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. He's probably okay after this because, you know, he gets to be like, oh, man. He's like, weren't you with her that night? It's like, yeah, we had the most amazing night. And then it was incredible. What did your boobs feel like? Like a bag, bag of sand. <laughs> you didn't get anywhere. Yeah, I did. No, like, you did Was her pussy good? It's like, you don't ask something like <laughs> that. Don't talk, we don't talk like it's that. Like, well, man, respect the dead. Come okay? on. Okay. You know, you made mention of some of this. I think Sean was number one. It was kind of based on uh, John. Like, didn't didn't he have like a real experience with this? Yeah. Well, um, he like he visited the, like a, a, a insane asylum yeah. at one point Ooh. and saw saw like a patient in there who just had like the glazest it was gla- like the eyes glazed over like just this look was just like there was nothing there yeah. at all. It was like a kid who was just an absolute blank stare that just he it was just so unsettling to him because he just wouldn't stop watching him and looking at him and then on top of that. It kind of makes sense, too, because why we don't want to give a backstory to somebody. And that's why I kind of like movies from this kind of era, potentially, because we don't want a backstory. Nope. We don't because John Carpenter doesn't want you to identify with him in any way. Right. Right. So there's no reason to give a backstory if, here. If, if they're like, yeah, his parent, his dad wasn't home and his mom yeah. treated him like shit and his sister beat him. It's like, oh, okay. it's like you're turning him into that. like some yeah. sort of like dark hero yeah. or something like that or, or what, what. But obviously he's doing still doing bad yes, things. Yes. But it's like we're not turning this into like Dexter Morgan here. No. <laughs> OK, like, no, there's. There is no understanding. And I also really like when they're driving to the insane asylum, yeah. how Loomis talks about him. Yes. And I, I agree. The, the same, like what he says is like, I spent eight years trying to reach, reach him, him. And then I spent another seven trying to keep him locked up. Yes. Because I don't like, there's nothing there. Like I tried. I tried. And that's frightening. And yeah. It's, it, you're right. It's, it is like not even spoon feeding anything to this, to the audience at this point too, where it's just, it, it is just Loomis being like, you don't fuck with this guy, yeah. and you listen to what I have to say about him because it's fucked. Mm-hmm. Like the, I, this I've made it my life's mission to keep this this dude under wraps and not get out ever because he is the, he is that bad, you know. And like what you were saying is like Carpenter, all Carpenter wants you to know about Michael Myers is that 
he's coming for you and he won't stop. Yes. Right. And that's he all can't you be killed. And that's it, you know. And that's scary fuck. That's really scary shit. But like a even force get, that can't be reasoned yes, with. Yes. Even, even getting, talk about getting that. into the psychology of like what how Loomis talks about him is like treat him like an animal or like he's he's a human being or something like that. She says he's like if you, if you say so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like give him enough thorazine to knock him out and he's like that's the idea. That's the idea. <laughs> knock can we refer to it as a he there you go. That's like it. whatever. That's it. Whatever. whatever. Yeah, and and I also thought that was another interesting part that I I, I feel like wh- uh, what a great what a great way to play it and I didn't see it but they said it's even credited as the shape yeah mm-hmm. is that right so they really want to remove all personality all humanity. from all humanity yeah. from this thing this character um to to be and and I I think it's I think it's very very I do really think it's very smart yeah. and you combine all that talk with the, a car that has zero headlight power whatsoever <laughs> in the rain like it's it's terrifying to me that they just they're driving up to an insane asylum at night during a storm where they can't see anything when i first watched this movie like i said when i was six or seven this was the shot of like the headlights just getting like the white gowns of people nope. walking, oh man that fucked me I, up it more still than anything fucks me up yeah. it would have been like for if that was like let's say you know we were gonna go do you know, seeing into the past. Yeah. Let's go do it. And let's go do it. And we're driving up to like, oh, this is cool. It's like where they shot Halloween and stuff. And we drive up and our headlights barely see these white gowns. Just like, oh, shoot. Well, well nope. <laughs> time to go all the way back well, to Cedar Rapids. Time to turn around here. Let, let's, oh, <laughs> we're going to back on up. There's no way. No. Terrifying. You're going to continue on? Get out of here, bro. <laughs> as there's like, I didn't know they let them out at night. It's like, do you think they let them you out? Let- <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, usually around, around midnight, around. they just get to walk around oh, yeah. especially in the rain yeah. who cares we don't yeah. care about them these damn human rights laws with their 12 <laughs> every 12 hours they need an hour of yard time she's not the smartest no 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 well no she's smoking in that car it's gonna smell like smoke aj i do want to ask you if you caught up on a couple of things okay. uh, when when michael myers gets on the roof yeah and he smashes the window did you see anything weird in i there? didn't see anything like no. i i never noticed this in the many years i've been watching this until i watched the how this was made how movies were made there's a there's a a wrench that goes all along the length of his arm with the with the handle really? in his hand and they kind of skin tone painted it so he's basically got a wrench so that it he can do that against the window and damn i never knew that I look, that look back cool. you you see it now once you see it, you can't unsee it and half of me thinks that's obviously what they the prop they did to make the window break but half of me thinks that was michael myers going well yeah. he's got one i like i got one and i'm gonna i'm gonna use it to break the window yeah use use of some sort of force either the right way, way. Yeah. either way makes total sense absolutely yeah. i i'm i'm okay with that either way yeah yeah well there's also the issue of him like getting this car yeah and i know that this is like a kind of a big point of contention around this movie and like you know his escape um him crawling around on that thing number one pretty wily squirrely guy to just be jumping around on a car like that wet car (laughs) a wet car but then at the same time he gets in and just drives away like i mean he's mario andretti like what's going on here (laughs) I mean, Max Verstappen. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so there, a lot of people are like, well, why can he, why does he just know how to drive if he's been in an insane asylum? 
is that the creepiness of it, Sean? That that he kind of tries to answer it in the next scene when he's like, yeah. "Well, maybe somebody taught him. He was doing really well last night. Like, maybe that's the creepy factor of his. Like, how the fuck does he know how to do this? Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I really just do chalk it up to, and like it, it, I do think about it every time. Like, it's not like, well, you know, fuck mm. that. You know, just it's a movie, so just get 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 over it. No, I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that thinking at all. But I do think it was just like he's just so driven <laughs> to like this is his destiny and i think a lot of this movie is about like fate what they kind of bring up here and um the loss of innocence really is what this movie is about we'll get more into that but just his like it's this was bound this was bound to happen yeah. and it's going to happen either that he knows how to drive or not like he will figure it out he'll figure it out because you know i don't know that's kind of my thinking of it but i well, heard a I, I did hear like kind of a cool somebody's cool <laughs> take on it um that if he's been driving to like sessions or whatever with Dr. Loomis oh. that he was watching from the back seat sure. and just waiting, watching for some silent alarm, to you go know, it'd <laughs> it, like, like if he's going to appointments or seeing things like uh, just, every for eight years, he's just observing. Cause that's just what he does. All yeah. he does is watch and observe. Well, what happens if that car only had like a quarter of a tank of gas? In it? I know. Does, does Michael Myers pull up to a gas station yeah. and fill up? <laughs> maybe siphoned off a Phelps garage truck somehow. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe maybe he doesn't know exactly how to do it, but he's like, I'll just pull in here and I'll just figure it out. And it's a it's a like a full service. Yeah. And he's about ready to get out and they're like, hey sir. And he's like, oh fuck. Okay, cool. They're gonna I think they're gonna do it for me. And he just kind of sits in yeah. there and it's just like some it's onions. Like, cool and- Halloween man. Well, he hadn't had it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but-, <laughs> but still. How can we help you today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Oil, uh, yeah, gas, or you need. All right. Well, it looks like you're a little low, so I mean, we'll just top you off if I'll that's fill all right up for you. <laughs> window don't washer, like window washer guys, like. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I don't like that. <laughs> it's just the guy from the guys from Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it is. They choose not to deal with him. They're like, eh, let that guy go. I, I do want like a, a little short film now of like because uh, Loomis says like, well, maybe someone taught him how to drive. It's like just some orderly at, at Smith's Grove like teaching him on Sunday. Really happy music. <laughs> it's like did driving Miss driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> I really, Dri- really like that. Driving Mr. Myers. Oh, I do God. I do have a question for you though. So we get into Haddonfield, um, mm. you know, and we're we're meeting Lori. Her dad is a real estate agent. Her dad gives her the keys to take over to the Michael Myers house because someone's gonna show it at like ten o'clock. Michael's already in town and he's already inside the house. Mm. Remember, like she walks away and he's in the house. Right, right. What happens to the realtor and the clients when they go in this house at ten o'clock? <laughs> huh? Did right. they did they get killed? Mike, and we just haven't found out about it yet. Will you please? Will you please just give me a very like brief walkthrough of just like you're you you meet up with your client at this house and they're very intent on uh, buying it. It's not like you're going to be swaying them out of this or like real easily. Yeah. So you give it. AJ's AJ's looking to buy this house. <laughs> yeah. You're looking to sell it to him. I'll be Michael Myers. Okay. That sounds good. Well, you see, AJ, I know you really like this house, but I want to yeah. let you know that we're in a non-disclosure state where technically they don't have to tell you okay. that someone died in this house. Okay. But you're going to find out at some point. It's inevitable. You're going to you're going to be pulling up with your moving truck going, ah, honey, we bought a house. And the neighbor's going to go, yeah. can't believe somebody finally bought the murder house. The Myers. So I want to tell you all okay. about this. Like, dude, you you don't want the negative stigma that's sure. going to come with this house. Let's open the door here well, and let's just, yeah. I'm going to show you how shitty this house is. I'll show you where, where he killed her. Shitty. Right, no, let's go. No, okay. That sounds good. 
So there's definitely a death in here. I mean, it does stink. Why is this dog dead over here? Why is it? Yeah, what's going on? So, I mean, are, are the neighbors friendly? Is it a nice neighborhood? No. It's not, huh? No, that, and this house is way over asking price. Uh, is it? You don't want, you don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> Kill us already! Yeah. <laughs> What is that? Is that is that like an air leak or something? The AC not working here? <laughs> no, I would definitely, I would definitely. In fact, uh, our old producer Jeremy Jacobs uh, wanted to see a house yes. that someone was killed in. Yeah. That a a teenager murdered his two parents with an axe inside oh of the house in Iowa, and in, they in did Mary not disclose. They did not disclose that because you don't have to. Jeez. But I made sure to tell Jeremy because guess what happened? They pulled up before I did, and the neighbor came over and was like. Can't believe you're looking at this house. And they're like, what do you mean? How do they just not just bulldoze this house? I just I don't know. I love yeah. it. I love the fact that like Mike ends up he he meets them at this his client at this house and they they like step like two feet into there and like there's a smell and they're like, Yeah, I guess we're not really in the market for a fixer upper and then close the door and you lock it, you put a thing in your little lockbox, and then like Two seconds later, like another like nice like fun <laughs> new realtor <laughs> who's really perky. Hey, I left the keys like, in the door for you. <laughs> yeah, it's just like oh my god, there's so much charm inside this house. You are going to love it. It's a bit so of a fixer upper, but the amount of potential in here, good bones. I'm telling you, <laughs> you're. I've got single some, owner. I've got some real cool things to show you. You're gonna love this kitchen. You cook. You're gonna love this kitchen. Here we go. <laughs> Next to a great school, great schoolyards here. <laughs> That's what would happen. Yes, I do. And guys, I don't care that this is Pasadena, California, and you can see some palm trees here and there. This looks like Midwest. This looks it does. like, like a, a town that visit my cousins in called Wheaton, Illinois. This Ooh. looks exactly like that. Like I, I don't care. Like Sean, any any small town in the Midwest, it looks exactly like this. It does. Yeah. Did you notice the palm trees? Uh, uh, yes, at one point I did. I Sean, I never noticed it until I watched that how it was made, and then I pointed it out to Molly, my wife. And she lost all interest in the movie. She really? Like, she all she could do was just like, oh nope, that's a, that's a hibiscus that that would never grow in the middle. Oh look yeah. at there's a ball. And, I, and like she could not get over it. And it did yeah. take it away from me a little, a little bit. But then I'd be brought right back in. There'd be like leaves falling, and I know they were fake painted leaves yeah. that yeah. someone was just throwing in the air. Yeah, it and like it was ninety degrees they out. They had to collect because they bought them. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's it's that cheap of of a film where yeah. it's just like they had to scrounge all this up. But like, man, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I it, got over it quick. You know, like especially of like the the camera just like in the four way stop, but right when oh. we get into Haddonfield, it's like Haddonfield Halloween. It's just it just screams Halloween, man. Like, there's no other film that captured Halloween like this I movie agree. had done, and it's, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe it's stupid or like trite to say that it's <laughs> called Halloween. Yeah, trite. <laughs> just before we move on to scene two, really quick, I think it's important that we do take a moment to talk about fate. <laughs> fate. Samuels talked about it as though nothing could change their fate. <laughs> Potter. Potter. <laughs> Potter's fate. Like, I'm surprised. Yeah. And nothing they could do. Unfortunately, for a few around here, their <laughs> oh my God. fate was sealed. What's more terrifying, her use of the F uh, syllable of the F pronunciation yeah. or Michael Myers just staring at you Man. from across the street behind a car. I really do think that 
the fact that you can do this in broad daylight and mm-hmm. add such a creep factor in broad daylight. Daylight is safety. Yeah. That's what that's what daylight means, especially in movies generally, right? Oftentimes it means safety. Yeah. Nighttime is where the terror comes out. But to have this in like injected into the daytime and safety time, terrifying. Yep. I love it. Yeah, I just one more thing where of her uh like Tommy talking with her and like like I can't wait for you to come over tonight. Will you read to me? Can we make some popcorn? <laughs> Not a not a phone insight. Not a phone insight. Feels just, good, doesn't just it? Just good times, you know. What do you want to do? Sit on the couch and like turn on a movie that we're not going to watch because we're going to be on our phones. That sounds great. Yeah. <sighs> oh, dude, sounds good. Netflix and phone, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Shirt idea. Nice. Netflix and phone. All right, <laughs> fellas. Before we move on to scene two, a thought occurred to me. We've only done one movie about basketball, Teen Wolf, and it was a fantastic episode. Mm. Maybe basketball. I don't know if you can count. Uh, Different sport. Different sport. I say it's time to consider Hoosiers. Maybe even White Men Can't Jump, or maybe even the best basketball movie ever, Air Bud. Air Bud, huh? Best basketball movie ever. The reason I started thinking about this (laughs) is that the wait is finally over for NBA fans. Basketball is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on on the NBA. You can just pick, like, an over-under on a game. You don't even have to know what's going on. Five bucks, and you instantly get $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, it does not matter. You'll start the season with an instant win, and with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot and even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game, or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. That is my preferred method of making the game so much more fun to watch. It's you increase your odds, you throw a couple different bets on a parlay, sit back and enjoy Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code CONFUSED. New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5. DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download it now. Use code CONFUSED. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, LA. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. So scene two, Michael spotted by some young kids after school. Dr. Loomis finds evidence on the side of the road that indicates Michael has made his way to Haddonfield. Michael stalks Lori and her friends Linda and Annie on their way home from school. Lori gets home and sees him in the backyard. Meanwhile, Dr. Loomis arrives in Haddonfield to find Judith Meyer's tombstone missing. The boogeyman is going to get you these kids like that. That freaked me out as a kid as well. I think I was probably around that age when I saw this movie, and so that's why it freaked me out. I saw myself as Tommy so much, mm. and um, just like he runs and grabs that fucking kid, Ugh, and it's that noise. shriek, you know? What do you guys think about him stalking people in the daylight with that mask on? Like, I guess it is around Halloween. Is that the excuse? Are I you mean, good with that? Yeah, it's it's Halloween day and night. I mean, that's that's what we're in. You know, this all takes place on one evening. There were people wearing masks last night at your show, Sean, like, yeah. and it's not even Halloween. Yeah. You know, right. it's like, it's just what it is. And I mean, yes, it is creepy, but 
again, it's to be argued that, well, that's the point for him to like the kid to like run and he catches him. It's like, well, maybe there's some humanity in there after all. <laughs> he lets him go. He lets him go. He's like, well, I don't have my knife. I don't know. <laughs> it's in the car. Uh, this ain't my killing mask, I guess. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> but like, I, but I always felt so bad. I do. I feel bad for Tommy. Like when I was a kid, I was always that way. You know, I, I like you would have like severe anxiety holding like a pumpkin, like because it's fried or an egg. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And you have that severe anxiety, and like, uh, like I just felt so. I felt so bad when he like trips and like drops his pumpkin or like falls on it and it shatters basically. And then Mike Myers lets him go. I was like, oh, so he's part of their crew. Fuck that guy. Yep. You know what I mean? It, it, it's like, what, what, a, what a jerk. Also, right? Tommy just left the pumpkin there on he the did. ground well, for some janitor to clean up. That's yeah. true. Know. I mean, it's true. Like He, he could have brushed it into the grass, but then it's harder to get the seeds out. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, dang it. Okay, so oh, the, damn dang the it. Pumpkin, where are they getting the pumpkins in this movie? Dude. They're all... Gorgeous and gorgeous and spring. I'm so sorry. It's a spring in California, dude. Yeah, spring in California. It was like a. It was like as hard to get these harder to get these pumpkins than like leaves, probably, (laughs) and apparently harder than editing out palm trees in your movie. But uh, they said they had three. They had three actual pumpkins that they were able to find that were real pumpkins. The one that broke was one of them. And then the one that Lori's carrying that's carved is one of them. And then I think one of the ones on the on the porches, maybe. Yeah. Or no, the one that was in the bedroom during the sec during the coitus. Mm. Uh, the rest were all like they found some weird like gourd type thing green, that was green and they painted them all orange. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just just for the effect of it to be like, no one cares. <laughs> I mean Whatever. you got you gotta do what you gotta do. And I mean again, these are simple simple problems, you know, that have far probably simple solutions to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I do think that um, him driving around is also maybe one of these points of, like, with that mask on. No. 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 Like, I hope that you think that car has AC? He's just in there sweating. <laughs> hey, that dude, thing. It's, a, it's a crisp fall in, in the oh, Midwest. Oh, right. Right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> lost, the, lost the allure. Um, it's, but it's more like he needed that. He probably, yeah. It, it probably wasn't him stopping because he heard Annie talking. It was probably because he, he you know, there's a ball that rolled out in the thing that he couldn't see. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh my God. Some kid was playing ball street. And we, as the audience, think that he actually heard her yeah, yell. Yeah. And, then, and then it's that damn kid like waiting. And, and what we didn't get to see <laughs> is this moment between this kid yes. picking up his ball and having this moment with Mike My- Michael Myers like, <laughs> no, no. Oh my it's Walk it's that not that. Creepy. It's the moment where whenever a kid's ball rolls out in the street and you stop, the kid instinctively stops. Yep. Yeah. And you're like, go, go. And he's yeah. like, no, no, I'm no. not supposed to cross the street. That's what was happening with Michael <laughs> exactly. Myers and the kid. The only, it wasn't scary. The only line that was that Mike My, Michael Myers had was actually edited out, and it was that, Sean. It was, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> he was looking back at them like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll probably kill them later. <laughs> fuck! Hi, Lori. <laughs> well, then, what do you think about what we like to do on the show? It's very hard, but I like to think of the humanization of yeah. Michael Myers. Like, what if he's not actually trying to kill it? What if he's just stalking them because he's like he likes them? Yeah, and he but he just doesn't know anything. Still problematic, but yeah, it, well, it very much is. But like, imagine him 
standing in the backyard at those clotheslines and like very creepy, right? But then all you do, he just doesn't know that he just needs to hold a boombox up. Right. <laughs> That's all he needs to know. And then it's not creepy anymore. I think but he just doesn't know he's been in an institution. He doesn't know how to court a girl. True. True. I, true. I honestly, I think he's just lost. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't know this down. Well, you think about when you were six. You didn't like, get no peripheral vision at all in that <laughs> exactly. mask. You know, <laughs> he doesn't know how to get around anymore. He's like, God, this doesn't look the same. Fifteen years ago. <laughs> Where the fuck? Oh is, man, this is my house. <laughs> Like when he, like the when, gutter wasn't like that when I was there. <laughs> like when Doctor Loomis is standing there, and he said, "Doctor Loomis is just like this," and like Mike Myers <laughs> just drives past him behind him. He's just like, <laughs> where, the, "Where the fuck he's am like, I going?" Where the, that's a hardware store now. He's <sighs> like hardware store. That's where I used to get coffee. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like gentrified. He just, he just doesn't. He doesn't know what's going. On. Imagine <laughs> that you were six, and then your whole life was taken away from you, and then 15 years later, you were just like, "Here, be a kid. Yeah, <laughs> be a teenager." Yeah. <laughs> like what? Where's the candy store at? <laughs> the candy right. store. There used to be a movie rental place here. <laughs> Son of a. Where's Doozles? <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck are my parents? Uh, checks out that they're gone. Yeah, fucking asshole. Uh, you know, we didn't even mention the fact that, like, like at the very beginning, like his parents are just like Michael, <laughs> Michael. What's going on, Michael? And they just stand there, like, let's not investigate. If if I had two children and I came home and one of my kids had a knife with blood on it and I didn't know where my other kid was, I'm immediately running in the house to right. see what happened. I'm gonna I'm gonna immediately run in the house. Uh, with the n- I'm, I'm, well, no, I'm not going to take that knife out of his hand. So maybe that's a good point. Actually, <laughs> I'm going to knock it out of his hand. Ah! And then, <laughs> <laughs> what's that? And then I'm going to run inside. Yep. Grab a new knife. Uh, but yeah, no, no way. Nope. Sorry, I had to backtrack there for two seconds. That's okay, I'll backtrack a little bit too. Where he, uh, where um, Loomis is on, on the uh, telephone or the payphone. Right next to with the perfectly scripted train coming by, perfectly mm. scripted train and the Haddonfield <sighs> sign right there. Oh, perfect! Um, I, you see him like investigate, and he sees the rabbit in red, which is like a, a cool MacGuffin, just like script wise. Anyway, just be like, okay, well that is him because he got that from the car that I was yep. in, you know. Um, but then it pans to he killed Freddie Mercury. Yep, and then he <laughs> goes away <laughs> after that. <laughs> Like it, it looks straight up like it does. Oh, it does. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Temperature's rising. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Oh, <laughs> man. Ooh, here's a prop. Okay. I want the matchbook, man. I want the rabbit in red lounge uh, matchbook. Okay. I think that would look beautiful on our shelf. That's such an iconic. You don't even need that in this movie, but like you see it and you're like, oh, oh. yeah, you know, like it, it just tells you the story. I need the uh, Smith's Grove uh, station wagon. That thing's fucking awesome. <laughs> that is really, I love that. That's one of those station wagons where there's a seat in the back row facing backwards. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely one of those. I station love wagons. that shit. Hell to the yeah. You want Bob's glasses? Uh, No, he's got I'll, them already. <laughs> I'll talk. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I'll talk. I'll talk about Bob in a second. Uh, no, what I want is I want Tommy's comic books. Ooh, okay, yeah, Neutron Man, Neutron Man. Uh, there's uh, Salamander Death Man, Deathcore Man. Yep. There's uh, <laughs> and then and then it gets to uh, uh, the purple headed yogurt slinger, <laughs> and then the. <laughs> 
<laughs> Great hiding spot, too, yeah. for, by the way. And I like that's what I want for my right next to his mom's knitting yeah. set. Yes. But it's like my mom doesn't let me have him. And like good thing she didn't make it through more because then it's just like hustler. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, this one's about these these nice ladies. Yeah. They come into a planet hustler and they they quell cycles by showing their tits yeah yeah, yeah that's what that's about mom mom i'm really just in it for the forums really <laughs> the articles let's talk about uh annie and linda first of all i do have a trivia question for you uh how many times does linda say the word totally 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 total, total is about i'm gonna say 32 32 you know how many times? I have no idea. It, she says it so many times, it feels like 32. It is 14. 14. She says the word totally 14 times. Totally. In what? Seven minutes of on-screen airtime? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's I, good. I like, I really like, honestly, all the all the, all the the ladies in this movie. Yeah. I actually think they all do a very great job. Um, and, I, and they all do their own specific kind of role very well. Like, even her, you know, she is like the ditzy blonde kind of a thing totally. right totally cheerleader cheerleader yeah and i forget my chemistry book all, all the, the time. time my 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 language arts book and i don't read books and it's oh, just shit. like okay i have a place for that yes uh so but they all do their their role very well but i love that it's not overplayed actually none of them are totally overplayed but i think that they'll do it very well and that's just this, I mean, kind of per, there, this promiscuous idea, mm-hmm. and it really lays into that fact of the ones who are the what, promiscuous ones are on the chopping block. Yeah. yeah. This one, this is one that started, you know, Scream. We just did Scream and yeah. comments on that, and this is the one that did it, you know. I mean, I guess uh, I'll get into this a little bit too, where it's just like, I, what I think this movie is about. I think really simply it's just killer stalking babysitters movie like but if you want to read it, yeah if you want to read into it a little bit more I read into it where it is just like uh the loss of innocence and like these these her friends are kind of going and and doing all these things and having sex and having boyfriends and drinking and smoking pot and all that and Lori's this more reserved person who kind of relates a little bit more to the children that she's babysitting you know and I just think that that is kind of perpetuated throughout this is like fate i guess uh is like stalking her throughout fate. the <laughs> sorry fate thank you <laughs> say it right how do you yeah. get a pee sound out of fate 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 <laughs> there, I got there it. it is you really got to push your lip out um the chap lips by the end of this <laughs> of fate. um but yeah it's like it is like every even like when he's stalking her and the, her fr- her friends go away and it's just a shot of him in the foreground and and Lori walking away is like I wish you had you all alone like she's just singing walking yep. on the it stays on that for a while and I think a it just time. really permeates that fact of just like it is watching her it's going to get her you know and it's going to change her life and make her not innocent at all anymore you yeah. know it's just like she needs to catch up almost like she doesn't need to have sex or anything. You know, she doesn't need to do any of that. I don't care what she does, but I think that's what the movie is kind of saying. There is a point where unfortunately it becomes almost this forced loss of innocence. Yes. Like what you're saying, whereas you, you kind of need to catch up. You need to, you know, those. And I, I do think about this pretty often of, and I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's obvious guys, but I've never seen the movie. Okay. Up until now. So the idea of, you know, a lot of, 
the murders as they start to come up really do mimic and emulate what happened, what he did when he was six. Yeah. So a lot of the, a lot of the murders are very similar. They're right in line with the way it happened originally. Um, a promiscuous girl like his sister and probably with a guy or something, whatever it happens to be. Um, I do really like, and just, just to comment on what you're saying that like very long lingering shot I, I there's something about it with that we and we've maybe touched on similar things before, but the, this very long lingering shot. There's moments where you think she's going to look back, yeah, and and not even so, or that he's going to when he's going to move out of frame, or like it's these long lingering shots that are beyond the point of okay, so now we have this established. That's that's good. She's still walking away. We're probably going to move on. Why aren't we moving on? Uh, something's going to happen. Oh, she's going to look back. She doesn't look back. This and it becomes eerie and creepy because nothing happens that you expect this or want to happen. It takes a long time for a kill to happen. That yeah, we see after the first scene. It's and all I, tension. Right. That's what I, that's what I love. Like it's, yeah. it is a tension builder. Yeah. And I started to become a little paranoid as a watcher to be constantly looking behind them while they're just walking and having conversations. Yeah, cool. You start to become a little paranoid almost for them, being like, "Where is he?" He's back there somewhere. Well, and he shoots it in such a wide frame, too, right. where it's just like they're like all of the screen could be threatening. You Correct. know, like you're seeing your subjects in like the for- or in like the middle of the screen pretty much, probably right. most of the time, which is your protagonist. But then like there's other parts of the screen that are enveloping you and like he could be anywhere. When you have a moment that's something's going to happen in a frame, you you have that frame shifted so that way your subject is kind of in the foreground. It's the classic open the mirror, close the mirror, and then somebody's there, right? You can feel it because of the way it's shot. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. You get that feeling a lot in this movie. Something's going to happen, but he never gives you a release. Yeah, he'll it's have it's you, very interesting. He'll have, like, you know, like if you cut to, cut to the wide right now, like if you had just me in frame, but there's all this space, you know, that you guys, if you weren't here, aren't occupying, you know, that that's tension right there anyway. Like, yes. Why is it why isn't it just on our why subject? Why is he not why is he not in the middle exactly. of right. too? Yeah, why is he not in the foreground? Why is he not like the main thing in this? Why why are we leaving what are we leaving room for? Yeah. That's yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There's an interesting little thing when my wife when Lori gets into her bedroom, there's no exterior shots that so my wife can't look for palm trees at this point. Right, sure. So she's sure. thinking of other things to course, look at. Of course. She looks up at that poster <laughs> on on her wall. Yes. And she's like, Who's who's uh James Ensor? And so she gets on her phone and starts looking it up. Never would have thought to look that up in my entire life. Um, James Ensor was uh, 1860 to 1949. He was a Belgian expressionist painter who was most famous for portraying human figures wearing grotesque masks. Look at that. Yeah. That, that's not coincidence. That's like that's, that's someone putting that on the wall. Oh, 100%. Going, oh, yeah. That's the only these, reason. These are USC graduates. You yeah. Know? They, 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 they know like exactly art. what they're doing. <laughs> the reason I knew, like, or or uh, thought about it was because I knew the name uh, Enser. Okay. Because like, like Belgian is like my heritage. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I've looked up a lot of Belgian culture and like looked up a lot of heritage, especially when we were that, going yeah. to, and I'm like, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I recognize that name and he was yeah. an expressionist and that, but I never put it together that he did the mask thing. Yeah. Fascinating. And another thing we got to go to uh, Jarrett layoff actor database. So there's only, there's not much in this right. There are two actors 
who this is their second film they've been in. Any guesses on who those are? I'll give you. I'll oh, give you. Uh, was yeah. it, oh, one the gravekeeper? Yeah. So the cemetery caretaker was Arthur Mallet. He was Toodles, Toodles in Hook. He was the old man that lost his marbles. Oh no shit! Yeah, yeah. okay. I did, recognized did him. Did not recognize that at all. I, I caught it when he was talking to him. By the way, super fucking funny way to just be like, yeah. Finished up dinner and then he went in and he uh, grabbed a hacksaw and he came we? back in. He's like, oh, oh yeah, here we are. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, sorry. No, I always thought he said that. he finished dinner. Finished, yeah. That's what I always thought he said. And I was like, yeah, that's even that's terrifying. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other one being um, so Sheriff Brackett is played by Charles Cyphers. He was Charlie Donovan in Major League. He was that yes. the sidekick yeah. to the to the evil lady. Yep. Oh. He's fucking Charles Cyphers. I love him as Sheriff Brackett. I do too. Uh, he's very like comforting to me. You're gonna like, you're well, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but in the fog, you'll love him in the fog. Good. I'm I'm excited. That is still going to happen. But he just feels very ah, everybody's entitled to a good scare. Yeah. You know, like well, I just okay, so at the same time of that, like she's <laughs> she's like looking behind her and shit. She's like, oh, what the fuck was that guy doing? <laughs> And then he's just standing right in the middle of the fucking sidewalk, waiting for her to yep. hit him. Yep. Like as soon as she soon as soon as she turns around, it's like, yeah, Halloween. Everyone's died to a good scare. Oh, oh, it's fucking Halloween. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, it is. Where's your costume, asshole? Fucking move out of my way, yeah. sheriff. God. <laughs> he, he is he is just standing there, and like uh, it seemed. Did uh, I don't want to say unnecessary, but uh, there this, but oh, okay. I take it back 100%. Here's what's interesting about this that I noticed for most of the time, whenever there is technically a, what, what might be a jump scare, but it's not actually Michael Myers, yeah. Yeah. So there is no, there's no stinger. Oh. Okay. Yeah, the stinger was her going, ah! Yeah. Dude, good call. So, and when when we get to it, when Loomis is outside and he scares the boys away from the house, the, yeah, okay. the hand, there's no stinger. Good call. I and I love it. And I'm like, wow. I was like, this is interesting. And so, but every time Michael Myers is on stage or on stage on on camera or in in the in yeah. the idea of this, then there is. There's a, <laughs> a there's something crazy stinger. And and it's <laughs> and it's almost it's almost over the top. It is because he's not doing a stinger a thing to to sting. It's just he's there. You know what <laughs> I mean? You're right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's funny to me, but at the same time, I'm like, that's. That has to be consci- a conscious decision. It has. To, I think it's very clever. Yeah. So. Well, and like the the glut of you know being annoyed by jump scares that are yeah. just fucking fake, like yes. the mirror one. You know, yeah. that you were just saying it was like, don't we don't need that. And John Carpenter and Deborah Hill were back then inventing this genre pretty much, just mm. being like, well, we're not going to do that. You know. Yeah. yeah. Like just having the not even the fourth with or like the the knowledge to tell the future or anything i'm not saying that i'm just saying like they just they were more focused on the creep and tension factor rather than jumping in yeah well speaking of the fall and halloween there's nothing better than getting a cocktail in your hand that contains the best whiskey in the entire world cedar ridge get some hot whiskey oh, oh hot whether you whether you want to go hot toddy with it whether you just want to have that flask that you can just kind of pull out because i'm telling you nothing better than a little whiskey just to warm your insides up a little bit if you're mm. crisp fall night you're out you're out trick-or-treating you've got yeah. your, your kids with him and you're like oh, we've gone to 700 houses 
when is this going to end? A little nipper of the whiskey. You're not driving, of course. You're just walking. Nipper, your neighborhood. Of course. Yeah. I was out, out back of the show last night, and uh, we had a little flask of, of cedar egg. We were just <laughs> sipping on. It kept us a little warm. Kept I'm us, saying. Kept us energized. You know? As you're enjoying your fall season, think about getting a bottle of Cedar Ridge whiskey. They're uh, distilled right in our backyard here in Swisher, Iowa. And you could pick from some amazing stuff they offer. You can get the flagship bourbon. That's best for like, yeah, you maybe you just want something in the in the flask. You just want to maybe make a cocktail at home. Maybe get smoke a glass, do some of that stuff. Ooh. Flagship bourbon's great for that. You can get their American Quintessential, which is the best tasting single malt I've ever had in my entire life. Get a bottle of that for neat. Maybe one rock on there. Or you can get crazy, get evil this season. Their collaborate collaboration yep. with Slipknot. Fuck yeah, dude, six six six, dude. The veil is That's thinning. What I'm dude. saying, number, number nine. nine. They went and did something as evil as mixing rye and bourbon together, and Crazy. it's an incredible taste. So you've got to trust us. You've got to go to your local distributor, your local store. Try to get some Cedar Ridge. If you can't, go to cedarridgedistillery.com. Order some straight to your door. You will not be upset, especially when you do it responsibly. Yeah, death. Well, we're moving on to scene three. So Annie picks up Lori, and after driving around and running into Annie's father, they arrive at their respective houses to begin babysitting. Annie has an incident with a spill on her clothes, and she drops Lindsay off with Lori so she can go pick up her boyfriend. She's killed by Michael Myers before she can leave. I, I would never thought of this if we had not just done Scream, but all the Halloween references in Scream... Uh, makes me wonder if they also put Don't Fear the Reaper in Scream in the background when, when Don't Fear the Reaper was playing in the car when they were driving around. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think I think it does. You think so? Oh, 100%. I think you talked a little bit about that even, Sean. Like, yeah, I think in, I straight up said it. In the <laughs> yeah? Well, we, like you had said it, but in, you had the reference of, yeah. of he he's was with the, he, he's he, with he, the yes, Reaper. Yes, you know? yes. But and you're saying that they put it in Scream just because it was in this movie. 100%. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I think that's great. That different I mean, weird version, but yeah. Well, yeah. Sean, what about, the, what about some of the beauty in the cinematography yes. of this? Like, are, if you're talking about this scene when they're driving and the sun is setting, like I, how do you how do you get that shot? I like I almost wrote like six or seven notes on just that, where it was just like it's just that vibe, man. It's that magic hour that they captured in fall. There's nothing like fall magic hour, yep. you know. Like you got it's your different. summertime. It's just like it's it's like almost crisper. Like it's a like the hue is a little darker yep. when it's when it's magic and magic hour in fall. I don't know. And then like you put blue oyster cult. Uh, this song, "Don't Fear the Reaper," over it, and it's just—I don't know. You can't get any better than this, man. Like, and then yeah. you got some why, reefer, you know. Yeah, it's why this movie, like I said, it, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, it's your friend. <laughs> Legalize it. Devil's lettuce, bro. Um, you get a little confused vibes, or uh, 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 a dazing confused vibes, you know. <laughs> the, yeah. the blackest lettuce, the devil's lettuce, <laughs> the devil's lettuce. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's funny. I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna give that to you. Okay, oh, no, hey, we haven't done the joke about shit. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like it, it, it's it's indescribable. Like you're right. The Dean Cundey's uh, lighting and, and all of his cinematography it. is just perfect. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that shot in particular. Go back and rewatch it when they're sitting in that car and it's it's sunset. It's gorgeous. I have to say, like leading up to this, um, L- uh, L- Lori goes out and she kind of sits on that uh, uh, with the pumpkin and all of her stuff and kind of getting yeah. ready to head on down and and uh, she just sits on that pedestal thing. And uh, and then that car pulls up, 
And she runs on over, and she's kind of hustling over, and she's like, manager to get, okay, well, I got all the stuff, and she gets into the door, and she's, and he's just like, hurry up! And she's like, we'll park closer next time, dick! <laughs> You're I had to run a half a block just to get over here. I had my hands full. Thanks for the help, bitch. Well, then they pull up to the hardware store, and and uh, he's like, I said, ain't you, aren't you supposed to leave, or whatever? He's like, Sheriff Brad, <laughs> right, you there. gotta be like, late. He shouts, too. He's like, you fucking shout, Annie. Yeah. I've been meaning to tell you. I've been meaning to talk to you about this, actually. You need to quiet the fuck down. Yeah. Like, oh, Hit it! All right. If we were on a train to yes. go punch a face, yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Sean, it's not often that we punch women. <laughs> we don't agree with it, but we're equal opportunity. But we're equal, equal opportunity, opportunity punchers. These are fake. These are characters. fake characters, right? I I think Annie is a huge bitch <laughs> to especially to Lori. Like yeah. I don't think Annie likes Lori at all. Yeah, I think Annie is like that kind of friend who has this friend around because it makes her feel better <sighs> about mm. being a bitch. She sucks. Yeah. yeah, and I think I was glad to see Annie go, and I think. There are a couple other punchable facers on this, but I think I'm going to punch Annie. I think I'm with you, man. That's a good one. Right. We don't often punch women. And I, I like her Characters. in this movie a lot. Characters. I do, too. I, I like oh, her in yes. this movie. But I'm just saying, as a, as, a, as a human being, that character is like, yeah, you got what you did. Yeah, well, yeah. Lori, if she didn't get killed by Michael Myers, Lori would have slapped the fuck out of her at one point and been like, and then it would have like humbled her. They would have had a moment. Yeah. And been like, in order to be my friend, I need to slap the shit out of you real right. quick. Yeah, I don't know. For Annie, maybe a donkey punch. <laughs> but it's Whoa. <laughs> but it's a, <laughs> Whoa. Not like what? A, it's it's I think the kids those the kids who pick on Tommy deserve the, Which the, kid, the lineup. Kid, kid number one that gets that gets caught. Yeah. Uh is that, or you is that go kid number you one? Do like, yeah, it's are the we, lineup. Ta, 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 ta. Are we assuming it's Lonnie and his crew? That's Lon- Lonnie. Get Lonnie. your ass, your ass out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lonnie, get your ass out of here. Yeah, I think that I think that would be like those kids are, are for me. But you know what? It's, it's fine. I'll go with you on this. I'll, okay. I'll bring up a secondary punchable face later on. Right. How about that? Okay. But this is official. We're on record. Uh, yep. That's fair. And so, yeah. So they, they get to their respective babysitting houses, and then uh, Loomis is taking Sheriff Brackett around into the dilapidated Myers house. And it's, you get more of this, like, exposition, I guess, or background, I guess, of Michael Myers. But, like, it's still, like not spoon feeding you anything he's still saying like superlatives or like as sheriff bragg is saying uh what what's he said what's he call it like more fan fantasy kind of shit you know yeah he, he kind of more myth and yeah like. he's like more more fancy talk is what he says um but it is like that's how else do you describe this thing you know like you have to take me seriously like that's a dog that he fucking ate you know he's like oh he's so i guess he got hungry he's like, could have been a could have been a skunk or something no you know, enough like, signs are pointing towards, hey, Sheriff Brackett, like, we got to take this seriously. And he's spooked, yeah. too. That thing comes, whatever that is, comes yes. crashing down. Gutter. Okay. It comes crashing down into the window. And he's like, I have a permit, you know. And I thought that was very funny. It, I know it is. It's like uh, <laughs> just a little spooky. I, I have a permit for this. I he's so God. good in this it, movie. Yeah. Dude, like, it's ridiculous. Like, he, you know, he got paid $20,000 to be in he's this movie. He's probably thing. the highest paid actor in this movie, Definitely. Obviously. And then, like, you know, he could have phoned this in. and like, But he was, like, so into it. And was the calling card from all of the sequels until yes. he passed away, I think, in six. You know? Yeah. Okay. It's He's been in all of them since, you know? It, it, it It's just, just so cool to see him take this character on and, like, make it his legacy, really, almost. Like, it, he's it a was. fucking 007 yeah. villain, He you know? was, uh, yeah, he was the guy, the one with the cat in, yeah. speaking of pretty little. Dr. No? Yeah, it might have been Dr. No, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm it is. Pretty sure. The whatever, the uh, Dr. Evil. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I do have to mention that there was one particular moment of this movie the first time I saw it that, that solidified this for me, that I was like, this movie's so creepy, and, and I love what they do. It's when, it's when uh, little Tommy, like, looks out the window and sees Michael Myers across the street the shadowed silhouette of him leaves blowing all over the place kids going by kids going by and and he's just and you don't know we don't know if he's looking directly at Tommy he could be looking into the house he could be looking anywhere else but that moment was like this is a fucking horror masterpiece in my opinion it's not spoon feeding anything it's just making me feel completely unease and terrified, and that—that that was the shot for me that did it. It's just right. the light, the backlighting of that house, creating that silhouette, the shape, you know, yeah. it's creating that 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 ambiance of just a threat looming and and uh, always encroaching, you know. And then this time, I th- I do think that he was like. And that specific thing, he was looking into uh, where Annie was. Yeah, because, I think so too. Because it cuts back to her with the, with the popcorn he's, and shit, and he's right there. Kind of going around the which house. Which I didn't a notice bit. it until this until yeah. rewatch. I'm like, I put that together. But this is where it really starts to turn. Um, but it also thought for a second it was going to turn into like a 70s porno. Oh, a still. <laughs> because anytime I, I better get, take uh, off my pants. All of it. Anytime I get a drop of water on me, I strip nude. Oh, no, no, that's going to stain. <laughs> Oops. Ooh. I guess, we got, I guess we'll have to go to the laundry shed, which, by the that way, totally exists in the Midwest. Yes, I was going to say, dude, <laughs> oh, it, we're in California. There's no basements in California. Everyone has a laundry shed. <laughs> yeah. We're in the Midwest. We have basements. Yeah. And if you're <laughs> that is where the laundry would exist. And if if you're if you're lucky, you have it on like you have it on ground level. That's what you have. It on. You definitely did not. <laughs> if you're in lucky. Not, not, not 1978, though. You put that shit down in the basement. In the creepy ass basement. Luckily, there's. There's this uh, over, there's this flowing white t sh- this flowing white button up mm. shirt that I can mm. put on with my long socks. Maybe uh, Lindsay's dad. Yeah. You know. Oh no, this tide. They put it right next to the cereal. I don't mm. know. And then she goes and does her laundry. Stuck porn. Um, absolute, <laughs> she gets stuck in the window. Absolute stuck porn. Oh no! Porn. Oh no! Big brother, get me out of here! Oh no! Oh no! Halloween just turned into Halloweener. Hey! Hey! All right, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> has there been a porn called Halloweener? Oh, that <laughs> has to be. There's <laughs> at least seventy of them. It's like IMDb usernames. But um, when Erwin Yab- right Yablons came up with Halloweener, he was like, "Oh, nothing else is called Halloweener." Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but like I, I just don't also the the other thing that doesn't make sense to me is that she is locked into this little shit. Yeah. Halloweener, know. Friday the fuck team. <laughs> <laughs> So it says. That's all I'm going to read. I, I don't want that on my search history. I would no. give you the belt, but you read nope, it off that's the computer. Not my joke. That's not my joke. <laughs> Let's give the internet the belt. Oh, no, <laughs> that's not fair. That's fair. Um, so, but she's locked into this thing. You can see a little deadbolt on the door. There, it's a, it's a faux pas. She's never been in there before. I, I guess. It's, dark. it's like I don't know how doorknobs work. 
And then she goes to a blocked window, yep. gets into stuck porn. Do we like Lindsay? I think Lindsay's a great performance. Lindsay's great. This. Lindsay's I, great. Lindsay and Tommy, man. I they're think, great. I think they're both awesome, yeah. I, I do love when, like, I feel it when she goes in to talk to Lindsay and she goes, I'm scared. It's like, well, why are you sitting yes. watching a scary movie <laughs> in the dark? It happens to me all the time when I'm like, I'm like, this movie's fucking freaky. I'm like, well, why am I watching? Turn some why lights on. Why are you doing it like this? What do you, what do you got to light the kerosene lamp again? Just <laughs> like, fucking turn on the, the light. Simple thing in the world. You're like, well, of course you're scared. <laughs> when we were doing Blair Witch, I saw a YouTube video. I was like, I watched the Blair Witch out in the middle of the forest. I'm like, fuck that. Fuck you, you. Know. <laughs> Get out of here. What are you doing to yourself? Annie's death. There's not a lot of blood in this movie, is there? They, no. I, I read the only blood you see is the first kill, right? On Just a little tits. bit on her beautiful uh, tits. Breasticles? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think that's really I don't know it. if there's much else. Uh, well, I mean, you see a little bit on uh, Lori's arm. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's later right. on. But it's like it's very little. But that's the beauty. Like that's what I want. I I don't want the full blown. That was the problem I had with like the Evil Dead. Right? Is that overblown? Okay. Yeah. Blah, like just grossness. Where I like more of the creepy. Of like I don't have to see. It was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You don't see the hook, but you know what happened. Like right. I, that's the, that's what I prefer. I prefer to. To let my brain do that. I mean, is that kind of how you guys are? I, I like it both ways. Okay, yeah. Uh, but like you know, like I said in the thing, which is funny that she's watching the original of the thing. Um, I, I, I you know, John Carpenter is like, well, I've never done a huge gore fest, so I'll I'll do that. And you know, like the the paranoia and suspense of the thing, it just best of both worlds in my opinion but this is like specifically Deborah Hill and uh, John Carpenter were like we want to do like a you know bloody horror movie event of the year we wanted to like do an exercise mm -hmm. in uh, tension and that is all that this movie is you know and it works I mean obviously it, it fucking does. works AJ the first time you saw this did you did you gather the door being locked and unlocked did you catch that right away like of her car you know how she goes out, it's locked. She goes back in to get the keys. She comes out and just opens the door. Oh. Did you not catch that? I didn't catch that. So she goes out to the car, and she tries to open her car. She's like, forgot my keys. Uh. Door's locked. She goes inside, gets her keys, come back out, and opens the car door without using her keys. Gotcha. That was lost on me the first couple times I saw it. And it's such an obvious this, thing. This whole sequence is so brilliant. It is, man. It's like she's so preoccupied that she forgets that she forgot her keys and she knows she needs her key to do the car. So that's all she's thinking about is I need the keys to start my car, not to also open my door. Yeah. Opens it. Right. And then she realizes that now he's inside of it. It's like, it's crazy. There's no music during this. Nope. There's nothing to tell you how you should feel. You know, it's, it's just, which is just, yeah. Oh, Paul, which by the way, voice of Paul is John Carpenter. Punchable voice. Is <laughs> <laughs> that all you ever think about? El I think that's Jerica. all you ever think about. That's all you ever think about. When we get around to doing it. Well, I guess it is all you think about. Is <laughs> what you're suggesting. But yeah, this whole sequence, man, I think it is like the, the exercise of uh, like just this filmmaker burgeoning being like this is not just a low budget horror movie maker this is a yeah. master doing this you know like yeah showing the insert of the locked handle and like oh well shit i gotta go get my keys i'll see how my hair is and then you kind of forget about it there's enough time that's gone by yep. of her going into the house yes getting her keys you kind of forget about it like she does you know and she just you know naturally opens the door like kind of forgets about it is just singing about paul thinking about paul keys. and ready to go get and then the get that windows are fogged yep. you know it's it's so fucking good. And this is the death <laughs> that I think that they paid tribute to in the new Batman. 
the the guy in his car. Oh, uh, remember I told oh. you that when we saw the new Batman. This is like almost the exact. Remember he gets in his car. He's like, "Why are my fucking wind windows all yeah, fogged fog. up?" And he gets her gets him from behind, and he falls down, and the horn goes off for mm, a little while. Okay, Got I feel you. like they paid a major tribute to Annie's death. Here I love in, that. in the new I like Batman. That. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. That's great. Well, let's go on to scene four. So Linda and her boyfriend Bob arrive at the house Annie is babysitting at. It appears no one is there, so they go upstairs to have sex. Fuck yeah. Bob goes downstairs to get beers and is killed by Michael Myers. He then heads upstairs and kills Linda. With their two kids asleep, Lori decides to go over and see if everyone's okay. She finds that everyone is dead, and she's attacked and chased by Michael Myers back over to the Doyle house. This, I, uh, yeah, go ahead, man. Well, just when Loomis is watching the house, just standing there by the by the bushes, and uh, Lonnie and his crew come up. It's like, oh, go, 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 Lonnie, go see it. He's like, I'm not scared. He's like, hey, Lonnie, get your ass <laughs> get your away from ass. that. And it, like yeah. his little smile is, he, is yeah. so like charming Endearing. to me. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I love it. And then he get, obviously gets scared by Sheriff Brackett. But then like this is where Sheriff Brackett's like still like. I'm not sure what what the fuck's going on here, man. I I don't know if like anybody's even here. I think you're crazy. You know, it's more more fancy talk by you. And he's like, "Death has come to your little town, sheriff." And I, it's just such an iconic line. I fucking love it so and he much. He should at least believe him by now, but yeah. he just still will not believe it. Do you did you catch, dude? When Bob Bob is my second mention okay, for yep, a, yep, can we talk about Bob ahead. is my second mention for a punchable face? But uh, yeah, okay. why why does he say? Yes, it took me many times to realize what was going on here. He says, "Well, here's what we're gonna do. I'm, you're gonna rip my clothes off. I'm gonna rip your clothes off, and then we're gonna rip Lindsay's clothes off." Yeah, it's like what? Excuse me, what? Like Lindsay being the like six year old girl, the little girl like in there watching the movie, and half of me wants to think he just he meant to say Annie, and no one caught it. Like he just <sighs> forgot yeah, names, <laughs> but but like he knows who Lindsay. Is. They all fucking babysit each yeah. other, and everyone knows who everyone is in this town. Well, they're like, in Lindsay's house at this point. Yes. They're, yeah, they're hey, entering Lindsay's house. Yeah. I, it's just so weird to me. So I, and I still don't <laughs> understand. There's no frame of reference for why he said what he said. No, nope. it's a very strange comment. There is no rhyme or reason to it. It's a very, very just awkward thing to be honest. And then he goes, "Yeah, one of two things that I just choose to forget about this movie: the killing the dog." And yeah. that line. Yeah. You like, notice how we haven't talked about that? Yeah. Yeah, we're just not going to. Don't want to do it. Yep, we don't talk about that. <laughs> That's why this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and the one thing again that I did not notice, they go up and they have six. <laughs> Fuck it. Which is also, have you ever had sex with a, p- a lit pumpkin next to you? No. I know you have. Damn it. No. I feel like that's a fun thing, right? Well, I'm doing it now. Yeah. Tell me how it goes. Okay, cool. Um, anyway. In the moment, I Yes, will. yes, please. Hold on. I got text Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but, Sean, I net for... I've seen this Hang movie... Hang on, buddy. got a nut. <laughs> Live tweeting is pumpkin sex moments. I've watched this movie like 18 times. You know, like 18 years in a row. And one, this, and one was together with... Yes. Yeah. Fucking Ethan. <laughs> God damn it. I had to sit <laughs> next to Ethan. Guys. He's like, sweet tits! What's happening? What are they doing? It's, and it was so quiet. No, right. dude, well, right. It's funny. The person who plays Linda actually went into a theater to watch this and sat in like the like oh, yeah. fourth row or something. Or like, and the, there was a guy in front of in front of her. And when her thing comes up and she, she's like, you see anything you like? And this dude in front of her is like, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> and she's like, cool. And she's like, oh, that's kind of flattering. Like, okay. I am, I am pretty dope. attractive. <laughs> but dude, I never noticed the shadow of Michael Myers go along yeah. the wall while oh. they're having sex. 
because I'm I'm obviously preoccupied on how there's no way they're having sex the way that they're laying in the bed. I don't I don't agree with this. <laughs> Just gyrating like yes. Like side by side? Like you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, her legs are here, his legs are here. I don't know how that's working, but I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. So I never saw that shadow of him go across the back wall. Yeah. Fucking terrifying. It's well, great. They had to uh they actually had to reshoot it a couple of times because it would go across and you could see his tent that he pitched. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, bloodlust is on. Hey, well. <laughs> no, it was just my knife. It was just my knife. Is that a knife in your pocket? You're just happy to see me. Uh, huh? both. <laughs> it's actually both. Yeah. Welcome to Halloween. Isn't that fun? That's <laughs> uh, a good time. Dude, and you also <laughs> got to talk about how different times were. Like, I would never, ever, ever go to someone else's house with a girl I was dating no. <laughs> to have sex in someone else's bed, probably their parents' bed. Oh, yeah. In their parents' bed to then light up cigarettes. Yeah. To nonchalantly lay around. They could be home at any minute. Beer cans everywhere. Beer cans everywhere <laughs> to then like go downstairs to drink their beer. What if they came home while you're naked in the kitchen yeah. getting a beer and your girlfriend's upstairs smoking in their bedroom? Well, and then, where is my daughter at? Where's my daughter? <laughs> Lindsay is gone for the night. night. <laughs> Did we approve any of that? Yeah. And also, I'm not paying you anymore. No. <laughs> Fuck, man. Contract is over. <laughs> And also, we do know, if we know one thing, we know that if Bob, if Bob had not had to go downstairs to get this beer, like Michael Myers would have just been stuck in the closet, just been like, at any moment, he's going to come. If Bob would have had a Kanga cooler with yeah, him, like we true. have on our it's table, very true. and he would have had his beers by his God. bedside, he would have never had to go downstairs, and he would have never got killed. It says on the back of Kanga, it says, perfect for beaches, golfing, adventure. I want to add having sex having in your sex. friend's parents' bedroom with your girlfriend and having beers. Absolutely. You need, a, you need a beer after sex. Bring a Kanga cooler. <laughs> bring a Kanga cooler. That thing. Sorry, I'll, sorry, Kanga. That's you were sitting here and I saw <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> it makes sense though. I mean, it's, it's, it's practical. It's mm-hmm. easy it's to stylish. access. You just reach on down after you just reach down and you just go down <laughs> and you reach right in there and pull it right out after yeah, yeah. you pulled out. Yeah, and that's just, what you do. No. Just so good. I know. We're on fire. We're on well, fire, guys. Let's take it away from laughter. How about this Bob kill? Okay. So still laughing. Huh? Is this the iconic? Is this the iconic kill? Okay. So I'll, I will say this is like the Nick Castle who plays yes. the shape, uh, a director on his own. We will do major pain one day. Absolutely. Um, this the only like he asked John Carpenter like, "What's my motivation?" The you know the <clears throat> the actor question that people ask. Yeah. Um, and John Carver's like, I, no, just walk, just just walk, just lumber along like you do, you know. Uh, and I guess like Nick Castle's dad was Fred Astaire's like choreographer, oh. wow. so he like kind of knew how to move ish, you know, like gracefully or weirdly. Uh, but anyway, like he he just said, you know, just just move, just walk. And, point uh, A to point B. Yeah, the only other there. direction it's that like, he gave him was in this kill scene was like, and when he's pinned up against there, do a little head tilt. And that's the only direction he ever gave Nick Castle. And Nick Castle said he's like, I don't, I didn't understand it. I was like, well, whatever, okay. I turned my head aside. Like he didn't understand what he was doing, mm. and then he saw it back, and he's like, oh, it's like looking at a butterfly collection that Carpenter was related it to. Yeah, yeah. he was a, a, admiring what he had done, or like intrigued by, like, wow, he looks weird that like, I've huh, killed he's, him. He's you stuck know, like, up there like that, huh? Wow, it is so terrifying. It's dark, silhouetted by moonlight. You're like. Jesus. <laughs> it is terrifying, but it's like, it's also just kind of a, I think it's a, 
I don't know. There's something a little comedic about it because he's like stabbed through the stomach and he's like, <laughs> he is like rigor mortis instantly, like against this wall. His you toes know? do the same thing the it, dog's it, legs it, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, well, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, you ruined it. He's like, yeah. he's just up there, just like. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really hard to do that. <laughs> How is he not like. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So that's my only thing with it. But then then we got to think about what happened after Bob has turned into a butterfly collection. Yeah. We have to think about what Mike Myers did. Michael Myers. Oh, sorry. Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, I apologize. Yeah. I was, uh, whew, that was close. Michael. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Michael Myers, uh, you know what? I'm going to call him The Shape. Um, cool. The Shape does this other funny thing where he takes the time to, after <laughs> seeing Bob, he's like, okay, I grabbed some sheets. This is probably what he did while he was waiting in the closet. And he's like, <laughs> cut out some eye holes and maybe a ghost. <laughs> That's what I think. And then he's like, and then he's like, he's just takes, socially awkward. He wants like, to meet Linda. He's like, he oh, this, know will, this will be funny. This will be funny. Oh, I'm going to put on his glasses. Linda likes glasses. She, she's yeah. a glasses person. Yeah. Right? yeah. So like, he's like, I have perfect vision. So he, he's walking up breathing like, cause he's like, <laughs> probably can't see anything because of his prescription. <laughs> his, his prescription's fucked and he's going through two, two eye holes now that definitely don't up line up. Ah, fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he's tripping on the sheet. He's not that tall and it's a king size sheet. So, you know, uh, he's stepping on the sheet too. Maybe he still thinks he's in his house. Yeah. <laughs> he can't see shit. He's bumping into things. <laughs> it's pretty awesome though. <laughs> but like, and then Linda, I feel bad for Linda at this point because she's given her best material. Oh yeah, she's like, like she, got your ghost, Bob. <laughs> cute, Bob, real cute. She's not fucking budging at all. Like, God, what a know. crowd. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? An oil painting? Fuck. Linda's kill reminded me of. Uh, there's a game that they play on the Howard Stern show where they'll they'll give you a clip, an audio clip, and you have to decide whether it was from a horror movie or from a porno. Yeah. Okay. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> Which is basically what, basically what so this is where they is. got the idea. It has to be. Oh, oh you're famous screaming. It's like, and you cannot tell. You're like, I think that's a that porn. You're like, oh my God, that reminds was, that me was a so much movie. of a last podcast bit that yeah. they did where it's like, is it possession or uh, angry cat? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. That's really good, man. Oh my gosh. We might dude. have to play that on a, on a Patreon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. Well, that, before we move on to the last scene, the, the thing I want to talk about the most is that the anxiety of of Michael Myers chasing her back across the street. This this is like the tension for me that, that is almost unbearable of like he's slowly walking. Sh she's running out of the house. He's coming across the street and she can't get anyone else to open the door. And then she's finally gets Tommy. But Tommy's like, I'll be there in a second and does the slow walk. And you're waiting for the door to open that 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 tension cannot be overstated of how unbelievable this scene is. They could have easily gone back very much or a lot to his perspective yep. or like walking behind his feet, you know, or, or like being behind his feet and walking up to her and cutting back and he's there and no, oh my God, and building that tension. But I like how much, honestly, there isn't a focus on him really chasing her down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's really not. It's a lot of her at the doors. You do see at one point him coming like from twice, around like the house or something. But other than that, it's really not. And you're just kind of wondering. 
I have to mention a couple things. Backtracking a little bit before we get to the final scene here is uh, when um, Tommy is like trying to scare Lindsay while they're watching the thing, and it's after he kills Annie. Yeah, and he looks out the window again. It's the same shot, you know. But he's carrying the but like the soundtrack of the the thing. thing? Fuck, like amplifying that. Like it's just so good. But then um, it's uh, right before um, she goes to check out uh, the where uh, Linda is. Um, she tucks the kids in and she says, uh, good night kids. You know, um, I watched a video by terror formed of just like the kind of like the, the subtext of this is this kind of where I got like my understanding of, and my theory of, uh, um, it just being about, um, fate and, uh, the loss of innocence really. Say it right. It's her uh, fate. Thank you. It's her, uh, uh, her fate and, uh, loss of innocence. She's like literally saying goodbye uh, to her innocence. Wow. What with the kids laying there to make there. the journey into yeah, and then she goes across the street where she's going to lose it. You know, uh, it, I, he pointed that out, and I was like, that was the last normal moment of her life. Yeah, right, Ugh. definitely. Oh man, yeah, so terraformed is a cool video. He just released it actually, so check that out on YouTube. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, we've mentioned it already, but I just want to be very blunt and blatant about it. I just think it is really cool that he is. They are watching the thing from out, that came from outer space, which was the original yeah. for the thing, mm-hmm. but the very iconic like that the thing yes. burning through and how they recreated that for the uh for john for carpenters the, yeah. you know so i thought that was fucking awesome uh <laughs> halloween ends the the newest one yeah uh they have them watching john carpenters cool the thing i love that yeah, fuck yeah, that's fuck good. <laughs> i do well, like it i like it i like it i like it final scene it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline inside the Doyle house, Lori's attacked again by Michael Myers in the living room. She hides the children and then is attacked while hiding in the closet. She appears to kill Michael, but he revives and attacks Lori again right as Dr. Loomis arrives and shoots him. After he falls off the balcony, Dr. Loomis and Lori realize that he survived and is roaming the neighborhood. I mean, this is it, man. This is just, this is like the final girl, final chase in every horror movie you see now. It's everything does this. And like, I know I do this, say this a lot, maybe on, on the, the shows that we do, but like towards the end of these movies, I'm like, I, I know where this is going, but, and I don't take many notes just because it's, but this does it. This is the one that did it. You know, this is the one that like created that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I, it still works for me. And I still think that Jamie Lee Curtis this is her first film. Mm. <laughs> Intense. She's incredible in this, I think. And I think there's only like really one moment where she does get scared by Sheriff Brackett, where she looks like she's kind of like covering up a laugh a little bit. Like she kind of got actually scared or like bumped into him in a weird way. That's the only thing that I can see in this movie that where where she's maybe a little bit bad. Not even bad, but just still charming, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I, I think she's, she's fantastic in this. I, yeah, I think her performance is is phenomenal in this. I think it's uh it's interesting how much real up close screen time she maybe doesn't get but i think that that's i think it adds to the movie itself um and in these moments especially um you know she has these the she has these moments of this like almost meter of 
John Carpenter saying you need to be at like a 10, like at this point, or you need to be at like a five here. And she, I think she plays this very well. When she discovers the, all her friends, it is this moment of you never, she's, she keeps kind of doing the backup thing. Like she's backing away, backing up. You never know when he's going to come out of that, wherever that he empty is. blackness in yes. the room that he's so good. And it's, I think that is, uh, you know, watching that for the first time um, was was a was a pretty cool moment. I'm jealous. Like you said, you said you know, all the time of like watching a movie for the first time. It's like that's so cool, it's so fun. And <laughs> it was that was one of those moments that I, I really think it's very iconic. And like even, it's, I mean, even the newest like cover plays on that. The movie cover, like whatever the newest yeah. Halloween is, mm. even kind of I feel like plays on that. And she, her backing up, Bob falling out of the thing, yep. you know, um, and her other friends just almost like crumpled up into these cupboards. It's terrifying. And you think about that. And I think she just plays this so damn well. She Especially does. Considering the creepiness of, of all the work Michael Myers put into making that bedroom beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, exactly. Almost like a love scene. Like, oh, Lori's going to totally love to bone me in this room next to her dead friend and yeah. Judith Myers headstone. Like that feels so creepy to me yeah. that he did all that stuff. That, Who was he doing that for? Yeah. Did that, he have like a remote control for when Bob comes down perfectly? I know, right? And, <laughs> in the closet is like... I think, yeah. I think he ran out of time. I think that was the last thing he was trying to do. Oh, okay. He's, and he he's was cleaning like, the blood up like, off the floor. On, just stay up. Stay. Stay. <laughs> Damn and it. he kind of did the thing where it's like... And you shut the door? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're okay, good. Okay, we're, we're good. good. The we're cupboard's good, overflowing, good. but you're just... Yeah. I got I, I to gotta get to work on this headstone. That thing's heavy. That yeah. thing's really heavy. Yeah. And I, I think... Well, one, a little bit more on Jamie the Curtis, a little bit. Like, even even her interactions with the kids, like, she, they just get done carving the, the pumpkin or the jack-o'-lantern, and she's, like, doing the weird noises, like, oh, oh. you know, the trick-or-treat shit. I just think that, like, she... If I was being babysat by her at that age, I'd be like, she's the fucking coolest. Yep. You know, like everything about the layers of her character are fantastic. Yeah, they really are. And and she's a great, uh, you know, she's a great defender, if you will. Yes. Um, really, really great about, you know, making sure the kids are safe, not in like making want like they're 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 a priority for her. And then the closet scene, though, too is one of those things that again I didn't I didn't know what to expect mm-hmm. and I think it was very well done it was a, a point where I think in any other movie the 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 person would have given up rustling into the closet you right, know what I mean right 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 mm-hmm. and been like well maybe they're not here or something or follow out Myers. the window but then add for another scare later on not the shape. He busts right through the And thing. then the light is going off and on as he's like pulling oh, the chain and he okay. turns over and, and looks. And I, I did find myself saying, saying like about Laura, like, shut up. Like, stop it. Stop yeah. it. Stop. Stop. Like making, making noise. noise. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then she actually kills him. But for as good as she is, her character's an idiot for dropping the knife every, every single time. time. Every yeah. single time she drops the knife, yes. and goes, it's fine. We killed it. But that... I don't know if there's. I actually tried to do it today on the floor. I tried to lay a flat on my black my back, and get up without <laughs> without moving my arms or my face and just go like he does when he's laying behind her. It's really hard to the do. It's not work, easy. Ab work that Nick Castle had to. That do. they probably had to do it over and over and over. That scene where he just goes whoop and then pause, pause, pause. Head turns to the side. It's like, come on. Dun, dun. 
Dun, dun, ride symbol, ride symbol. Yeah, it's it's fucking. I I fucking love it. It's I think a, it's incredible. It's a really great finish to this. It it really is. And him coming up and out and the removal of the mask. I also didn't know yep. that that act, actually even happens. Yep. Um, I think that that's uh, I think that's a really important thing that happens in this movie. And he has to put it back and, on. And he has yeah. to put it back on before he can continue yes. doing what he wants to do. Um, very, very interesting. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's very slow building. It's all the way up to that. And then Loomis coming in to, to finish him off. That was almost the creepiest thing of the movie to me is that idea that he's still out there mm-hmm. and that it's not just like, Oh no, he's, he's gone. That decision to show all the places they've already been that we've seen him in but without anyone in it. Yeah. And then his breathing starts coming in. You're like all done in editing too. That's they it. did it all after the fact. Yeah. And then, well, and then like the, I was, it was cool to see a, a interview with Carpenter being like, I learned a, a acting and directing thing with, from Donald Pleasance. I learned a lot from him actually. And he's actually a good friend now um, is what he was saying. And then he said specifically, specifically in this scene, he's like, uh, I can do this one of two ways. Um, I can do this. Uh, I am absolutely shocked that he's gone after I shoot him. Or I can do this that I knew this was going to happen. Is understood. And, like, and Jock Armour's like, oh, I don't know. Can you give me both? And so he did both. And obviously, the obvious choice was yeah. I knew this was going to happen. And it's perfect. It's like he's looking down. He's and it's like just the perfect amount of time. The timing of his like eyes looking back and forth, like out to the, out to the streets, you know, of Haddonfield. He's out there, and then you hear his like, and even Lori knows it too. I love that moment where she like she doesn't even have to look down. She looks at Loomis and goes, and oh, she's like, no. "Oh fuck, I know yeah. he's gone too, right?" Yeah, uh, I, I, it's perfect. Yeah, because I mean, she already thought she killed him. Yeah, and then she he gets you know he basically just pulls a fifty cent and gets out of the way, so he's <laughs> gone. Sucks. Liver. Die trying. That's right. Whatever it is. Uh, One quick fan theory on this. Uh, There's a blog called Dead to Rights that proposed that Dr. Loomis is actually the the real bad evil person of this movie, of Mm. the first Halloween movie. Assuming this is the only thing we know is Halloween one, right? So the six-year-old Michael kills his sister. Michael staggers outside. We see his face. Stunned expression. Like as if Michael had just witnessed something traumatic, which he did not have an intent to. I would agree that, right? Like Michael's face just looks like he's stunned at what he did as a six-year-old. So Loomis gets him right away. He said, I met him 15 years ago. He had him right away. I was told there was nothing left, no conscious, no reason, no understanding. But we just saw for ourselves that it looked like Michael actually did have some, some confusion and some feelings the image of what we saw with six-year-old Michael doesn't match what Loomis's speech said. Uh, like we saw that terrified little boy. So what happened in those 15 years, right? We don't know anything about what happened in 50, the 15 years between six-year-old Michael, 23-year-old Michael. Um, all we know is that Sam Loomis has had him and basically was the sole caretaker of this person. So this guy says that Dr. Loomis viewed the six-year-old Michael Myers as a personification of evil because that's what he wanted to see in the boy. Thus, Loomis's idea of Michael became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Treat him like a killer and he becomes a killer. For 15 years, Michael was Loomis's own little science experiment, his own Frankenstein monster. I can imagine Loomis telling Michael over and over again that he's evil and the devil himself, Mm. constantly reminding him of the events in Haddonfield. The doctor seems to have had exclusive 
exclusive access to the kid for four year or for 15 years. And since society had written Michael off, this was Loomis's chance to push the boy's psychosis to its outermost limits, guided out by the insatiable scientific curiosity. Dr. Loomis is short tempered, condescending, cold, hardly the type to be a self-sacrificing humanitarian con- concerned with protecting society. Mm-hmm. He feels the need to keep Michael under wraps, but only out of neurotic guilt at his own role in creating the monster. So maybe Loomis planned the whole thing to not only see if he could psychologically turn Michael into a monster, but also then release him into the world and see if it worked. He shows up at the sanitarium. He's clearly drunk in that car, by the way, <laughs> riding up there. He's slurring his words. He knows what's about to happen. He set this whole thing in motion. He's either going to be a hero by catching him or selfishly. He actually wants to see it work and succeed. He's 10 feet away. He doesn't try to stop Michael until the car's already driven away. You notice that? He's just yeah. standing there watching this whole thing. Uh, Loomis said he hasn't said a year, a word in 15 years, but he sure knows where he's going. So Loomis maybe taught him how to drive, told, kept saying, you're going to go back to Haddonfield. You're going to do this. First thing he does is go to the cemetery as if Loomis told Michael to go to the cemetery. Why else would, would he have thought that Michael would go to a cemetery? Yeah. Like, why would he have thought that? So I don't know. If you look... If you look at Loomis as a whole, like he's pretty bad. He doesn't notice this Illinois sanitarium car parked on the street the whole right next whole to night. Him. <laughs> he's just letting this happen. Like, I don't know. I think that's a very interesting way to view that. Like Loomis almost caused this. It's fun. It's kind of a fun way to think like about that. it. Almost in the idea that, uh, yeah, like he's uh, and even assisting or leading him to a degree. Yeah, like kind of um, p- portraying, like, here, here's what you're going to do. Yeah. Here's where you're going to go. Yeah. I'll make sure the cops aren't there. Yeah, maybe he's taking the cops to different places, you know, uh, on purpose. Sure. It's very, it's, it is very interesting. Uh, and it's uh, the one thing about Loomis is that also you, you do notice that everyone still says to him, like, well, basically blames him for yeah. getting out. Yeah. Like, well, you should feel basic. What somebody says something at one point. Damn you, you should, for letting him. Damn. Go. Then yeah. damn you for letting him out. Yeah. Like it's I his tried. fault. I tried. Yeah. Oh, well, that's just a thought. Way to think about I it. Like wow. That. That's fun. Well, that is fun. That is to fun. think about. We know that the rest of the movies that came out just completely disproved that. Yes. We understand. Yes. And it's not anyone's fate <laughs> that. We wrote that. <laughs> All right, boys. We have stripped away the nostalgia. We've talked about it with a modern eye. It's time to give a modern day rating. AJ, this is the first time you saw this man. Tell us what you tell us what you think. Sometimes it's very tough for me to go back and be able to watch these um, in the idea of, you know, especially when I haven't seen one, uh, seen a movie, to be able to go back to a movie from the 70s, Rule Breakers, you guys, <laughs> fuck you, um, and have to watch it. I still have to be able to watch it with um, an understanding that it's a movie from the 70s and be able to actually pull out the modern eye and then have to go back again <laughs> and watch with the modern eye and try to pick it apart and try to understand that. So the reason that, that can be very difficult in a movie like this, some things can appear lazy, but some, but you have to remember it's John Carpenter. Most of it's probably going to be on purpose. A lot of it will be. Um, and really understand where it was coming from for the time. So doing that and... Getting to listen to you guys break things down and also honestly explain some things and kind of confirm some things. It's tough, you know, when you don't have immediate confirmation of like, yeah, that's stupid. I don't know why they would do that. It makes it very difficult. So that all being said, um, I believe that the suspense is there. 
even though when you are me and you try to convince yourself that something isn't scary and but you find yourself kind of like coaxing or encouraging a character i think that's a really great sign of how a movie is is made and how they are creating and invoking this uh this tension and this suspense and these feelings onto you and um and uh again some of the scariest things images are in broad daylight and i mm-hmm. think that that's also fascinating and speaks for itself so um honestly let's make this a long story short i think that the characters are great the acting is great the directing is wonderful and the the score is one of the greatest things and most iconic of uh, the genre if not top tier in the ethos of you know scores so um i will give this the respect that it is due from my own perspective of a 7.75 7.75 sean what about you man I think uh, everything about this movie still works, man. I think um, that this movie was made, and every other slasher movie that came after this was aping off of this. Um, Whether they did this or that differently, they still paid homage to Halloween in some certain way. Uh, I I think that it's perfectly made. Uh, I think that the performances are amazing. I think that uh, the scenery is incredible. I when I think of Halloween, I think of that that four-way stop shot and just establishing our our hollow or our, our Haddonfield um it's it's Halloween man it's 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 there are a few perfect movies out there and I think like maybe Jaws being one of them and Shawshank maybe being another Halloween is a perfect horror movie and it's a 10 Sean I wow. fucking love it you we, we've talked about this before you can't it's hard for me to rake rake rate this movie against Days and Confused when I'm not a, really a horror movie fan. Like yeah. Days and Confused is a is a movie. This is a horror movie, you know? So it's hard for me sometimes to separate that because even if I love a horror movie, I still can't like be perfect for me because I'm I just don't like that genre as much. Mm-hmm. But this is this is the best horror movie ever made in my opinion i think it's i think it's uh, unbelievable i think it it we everything we have now we wouldn't have if it wasn't for this movie i love it it is watch it every single halloween i watch it multiple times i've never gotten sick of it for me and and again saying that this is an 8.15 for me which is definitely by far the highest rating i'll give any horror movie hands down so we got to go to Bud Larson, executive producer. He says, I watched this on Roku. It seemed to me after the initial kill when he was six, the movie slowed down. It seemed like it took forever for Michael to kill again. I like the stalking method by Michael. He's here. You look away. You look back. He's gone. It makes you question if you're seeing things. Bob, what the fuck? Is he a four pump, <laughs> four pump and finish guy? I think it's less than four. He deserved to get stuck on the closet door. Great use of the telephone cord to strangle Linda with. Lori, you survived being pushed over the railing and falling on the stairs. The fall alone should have broken a limb. Then she runs back to the Doyle's house just to stab him in the neck with a knitting needle after Michael missed with the knife. Lori then drops the knife on the floor and runs upstairs. Brilliant move. She hides in a closet. You're telling me that Michael can choke Bob 
then with one arm lift him up with one arm before killing him, but can't rip those closet doors off the hinges. That's very true. <laughs> carried a gravestone. Yeah, he carried a 300-pound gravestone. Yeah. Not a big deal. She then pokes Michael in the eye with a wire hanger. Totally believable. That Totally. I like that. Nice. Then stabs him with the knife he dropped. After getting out of the closet, she drops the knife again. Seriously? This girl deserves to die. She has so many opportunities to end it, but stupidity keeps Michael alive. I still like watching these classic horror films, but my wife hates horror films, and my kids are still a little too young. The score for this film is so iconic. Most punchable face is Bob. He talks such a big game about ripping each other's clothes off, and then it's a four-pump and chump finish. <laughs> Prop from the movie would be the mask from the first kill. That's a good one when he was six. Modern-day rating, 8.3. Guys, that is an 8.55 for the group, which is that takes this movie into the number 14 spot, kids. That is just below Aliens, just above Raiders of the Lost Ark, is where that falls. Okay. Number 15, or sorry, number number 14 of any movie we've done, just below Aliens. Okay. That's crazy. That's where we're putting it. That is wild. Well, we're so glad you were here with us, everybody. Thanks for enjoying spooky season with us. You still got a couple more days when you're hearing this, so enjoy the thinning of the veil. Happy Halloween, you all. Yes, so much happy Halloween. Tune in next week. We are going to finally get some more Rick Moranis in our lives. We are doing Honey, I Shrunk the kid finally finally followed by saint elmo's fire yes, fi- <laughs> and if you're new to the podcast go back this time last year back to the future one i still think that is our most listened to downloaded episode i believe and it's a fantastic one okay if you need to pull out a horror season have some real life time travel horror in your life <laughs> yeah. yeah like boning your mom yeah why not love that thanks for that let's finish up spooky season on a real good one there mike fine (laughs) i can't wait to be (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) oh man no we appreciate you sticking it out through spooky season i know it was just as tough for you guys as it was for me Um, But we really do appreciate you being here and listening along all the way to the end of every single episode. Make sure you are checking us out on social media at Confused Breakfast, anywhere you can find social media. Just search for Confused Breakfast. Make sure you leave us a review. Five stars is always appreciated. We always get the trolley trolls, but five stars keeps us up and our head above water. And then uh, write us a review, too. We love reading them. On top of that, check us out on YouTube, because YouTube is a fun place to be when you're hanging out with us three. <laughs> wow. Go to ConfusedBreakfast.com, and you can also see our merch store. Uh, we're going to be updating that very soon, but right now you can get some koozies, some buttons, some shirts, and some uh, uh, sweaters. Swag. Get some uh, jumpsuits. Jumpsuits. Good and, good, uh, uh, good ones there. Uh, some Shatner masks. Shatner masks. Um, go to ConfusedBreakfast.com as well. <laughs> see our ratings that we have for all the movies we've ever done you can see our individual ratings like aj's like mike's like mine you can see our show's ratings all together with our producers as well uh thank you for listening happy Halloween. check us out on patreon.com slash confused breakfast support our sponsors pretty litter DraftKings, cedar ridge we are produced by the upload media group in cedar rapids iowa we got logs uploads on the control <laughs> and we are on the Cloud 10 iHeart Podcast Network. Learn more. Cloud10.fm. That's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>